and welcome to the Weekly Scroll brought to you by the Adventure Archive. My name is Ryan. I'm Hunter. And uh, we're going to try to fucking remember how to do this because it's Holy been like shit. six weeks. Yeah. We've uh, done this so before. Once or twice. A couple, like 27 times. Um, one or two are good. So today, a little bit later, a little bit different time, Sunday evening. We're doing a little late night for the East Coast because on the East Coast with us tonight... If I can find the correct window. It's me. I'm here. No, I'm here. <laughs> oh, man. Every time we switch, everything freezes. So I need to make sure this is up and we won't. Is Josh Dunham, also known as Astro Lich. How are you doing, Josh? I'm fucking good. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Well, yeah, everybody. Fuck it. Happy Parents Day, everybody. Happy Father's Day to you, the actual father here, so... <laughs> Right. Uh, we have both kept our genes in our genes, uh, so not our day. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, we, we clearly know you quite well, but why don't you tell the people that are listening that might not know you as well who you are, you know, what you've done, those kind of things real quick, and then we'll get, we'll get cracking in. Yeah, um, so my name's Josh. Um, a lot of you probably know me by Astrolich and that sort of thing. Uh, I love to make... Morkborg stuff, looking to branch out to other uh, RPG stuff. Yes, Nativity in Black was the last uh, project I just got done doing. Well, not actually technically the last. There was another project I did in between. Uh, shout out to Tyler Lindsay and the Using Dead Things. Um, you guys should be getting that soon, so super excited. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm, just, I'm just a fucking dude who makes some shit, and I, I, I love to play games. I fucking hate capitalism. And uh, I think uh, there it is. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I had to say it. I'm sorry. I had to put hey, it out hey, there. If you, but, um, anyone that follows the tweeters knows these things. But uh, but yeah, and and so the orbits as well. Um. So oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of cool stuff. I know that myself and Hunter have been following you for a long time. We've been big fans. Um. Finally got the the courage to reach out and say hi. And now I feel like we're all bros. We, and we're mustache yeah. bros. We're too. I trimmed it oh. down. But, uh, this is not even really an interview. Y'all are just gonna watch us all hang out and drink beer, frankly. So pretty much, right, ex if exactly. I, yeah. If I had a beer, I would I would drink one. But after the move, as you can see, I have nothing. Wait, no, it's, it's I new have new beginnings. That's what I have. Uh -oh. I have I one like can. More, Brian, red's a good color, you know. Oh, listen, I should just not stand up. But I um. <laughs> I do want to say uh, real quick before we get going, I am I did jack up my AC today so I could rock my world champ shirt because after our interview with Josh, we are going to be going over Lucid from um, Out of Asset World Champ Games. So am I not mirrored? Is this not normal for everyone? I'm not. Who cares? Um, but yeah, there it is. There it is. I wanted to get done in time. <laughs> I wanted to get done in time so I could put up at least the zine boxes and have all of, of Josh's like zines out. Didn't happen. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the first show in six weeks. Uh, we'll see what happens next week. Anyway, so let's let's actually get this shit started. Um, I, we had a couple prepared questions that I think I didn't bring up. Um, the first one, though, is we're going to get to your new project, which is Too Fast to Live, Too Young to Die. Um, that is a cyborg project, um, and as anyone that knows anything about TTRPGs right now, you know Stockholm Cartel is really doing its thing. Um, and you, Ooh. you, we know you. Stockholm, they're these. Yeah. <laughs> these um, 
but that's how we saw you is, is the, a lot of the Merkborg stuff. But um, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. But I, I want to start off with just what actually got you into tabletop role-playing games. Like, what was your first game? Um, what what drew you to tabletop games in general to start with? Okay. Well, I feel really embarrassed on stream because anyone's watching, it's like, man, this guy does not know how to fucking pull a cigarette out of a carton. I do. <laughs> I got embarrassed. Y'all fucking saw that. It's now recorded. All right. Uh, what got me started? Well, uh, um, shit. Let's do... Do you want, like, the full in-depth fucking version of it? Like, the really cool story? Or do you want, like, okay, this is... I'm being modest about it. I, mean, I think we're going for cool shit. story. What Let's is do cool, cool story. Have you listened no, to our show before? I do, but... I, hey, I'm leaving the fucking option up to you guys. Like, Christ Jesus, let me be... Okay, so here's the shit. Here's the real shit. Go back to about early 2010s, so 2011, 2012. Uh, my background is I grew up in a Mormon household. Um, and when I was 19, I did the whole Mormon mission nonsense, right? Uh, not, not my fucking bag no more for some pretty obvious reasons, I think. But I was actually doing the shit, and I met a bloke who... It's like, you know, you've never played D&D &D before. I'm like, nah, an old, older guy who played D&D &D back when, like, D&D &D was, like, the fucking thing. Like, D&D, &D, well, I guess this is still true today, was synonymous with TTRPGs. So he's like, you haven't, you haven't played D&D? &D? I was like, well, fucking run it for me then. I'll fucking play that. Which is a big no-no in the, you know, Mormon mission culture and all that nonsense. I think almost all religious cultures, like, to a degree in the U.S. are very much like a no, none of that. Satanic panic, baby. Right, well, yeah, we, we all pretend it fucking ended, but it really didn't. But uh, long story short is I'm sitting here like, yo, I'm fucking, I'm fucking jazzed for that. And that's part of the reason I was wearing the Iron Maiden shirt is because I wanted to make sure that I, I was kind of paying tribute and homage to that because along with my first D&D &D book, I, I, got, I got raised, raised, TTRPG raised, on first edition. And so for me, well, actually, going back even further, my father actually played D&D back in the day and kind of bought into the satanic panic and all that nonsense. But I did play the TSR Marvel RPG, which still has a very fond, fond spot in my heart. Even though it's a janky, kind of clunky system, I still like it because to me it still embodies superhero role-playing. So that was my first official RPG. Uh, I played a little bit of Dread in between before I did the whole, you know, religious thing. And then I got introduced to AD&D. But my RPG birth wasn't until, you know, first edition. So I played first edition very, very hard. Um, it was kind of mingled a bit with second edition. So it's like a 1.5, you know what I'm saying? The same way we have like a 3.5 or a good, a good you know, example would be Pathfinder. You know, Pathfinder is like a 3.75, you know, sort of idea. I was playing a mixture between first edition and second edition. So we had Cavaliers, but we were using the strength rolls from second edition and da -da -da, character sheets from second edition, but a lot of the, you know, fat co and all that yeah. nonsense. So that's how I grew up. Uh, that's part of the reason I adopted the moniker Astral, just because the Tomb of Horrors to me was like a super important adventure. Um, and if you really want, I actually have it recorded way back in the fucking day. I did a live play, recorded it's on some fucking platform or another. The old podcast is called Hive Mind. And uh, we played through Tomb of Horrors, and um, Asarak is, like, to me, the pinnacle of what a lich is. And then I learned about Vecna. This is before Stranger Things and all that nonsense. But, you know, liches are super cool to me. So Liches are the—liches are—oh, dude. Liches are the coolest, 
Like I do, I don't want to get into it. But liches if are magic was real. If magic was real, that would be my ultimate goal in life: is to be a fucking lich. Oh like, yeah, with that unquestionably, unquestionably. Fellas, fellas, if magic was real, Lennon would still be alive as a fucking lich. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, real talk. So that's how I kind of got started was in, in first edition and second edition. Sooner or later, my brother kind he well, I started playing some Pathfinder at my local comic shop I was living in California at the time. Uh, made some great friends, learned a lot. I hate Pathfinder, but, you know, I was, I was playing that. Uh, go back to second edition, and then my younger brother, he's like, look, I'm running a 5e game, and this 5e game, we're all playing as gods. He had this homebrew setting between Norse and Greek mythology. Really, really good. Uh, really good, actually. Very oh, like actual gods, right? not just like how 5e only ends when oh, everyone no, no, becomes no, no, gods. No. Like real gods, got it. That's cool. Real gods. And he said, look, we're going to play this. Like, basically, I'm going to take you from level 1 to 30. You know, and, and gave us all godly boons. Like, one of my favorite characters I ever played um, was actually a character that ran through the Tomb of Horrors live play podcast. His name was Sergius uh, de Fron, uh, Von. Sergius de Von Fron, that's what it was. And he was just a super mage, you know, Sherlock Holmes type. And I evolved him basically to be the Silver Surfer. He came from another planet, super fucking mage. He didn't want to be a god. He hated gods. He thought gods should be, you know, dispelled and that sort of nonsense. But nice. um, ultimately, I play this character. I absolutely love it. I start kind of feeling disenchanted because now I've had the ultimate 5e experience. My godly boon was like a cast from any of the fucking spell lists. So, like, I'm casting cleric spells and fucking wizard spells and fucking warlock spells and anything you can name. So I'm, like, dropping time stop. I'm shooting five eldritch blasts and crazy nonsense. That's hilarious. That is hilarious because you've written a ton of stuff for Morkborg, which could not be further (laughs) away from being a god-tiered character. It's actually the exact opposite. You're a total piece of shit. And, uh... Yeah, uh, that's. I mean, that's really cool. I mean, I, I, I still have not. I mean, I guess the closest I've gotten to playing like first edition is like, you know, any of the retro cons that we kind of talk about in here and play. But I mean, I think it's a it's a fairly decent segue. So let's talk about. I, we have a several questions to ask, but like while we're here and we're fresh, like let's talk about your like latest project, um, which is you know, too fast to live, too young to die. Uh, which is, I think, is it still on Kickstarter? Or did the Kickstarter finish? I should know this, right? It's still, it's still going on right now. Oh, By it's still going on right now. If you're listening yeah. to this, go get it. <laughs> yes, it's still going on right now. It ends tomorrow. So today being Sunday, it ends tomorrow around 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So what and I'm actually going to try to do, what I'm going to try to do is actually the second this ends, get it as a podcast, not wait till Thursday. So that so people might, can listen to it in the morning and actually hop in and actually do that. If that happens, we'll we'll we'll, we'll seek the god of ADHD and and see if he's, he gives me a godly boon. Um, but I will work my I will work I will work hard. I will try. That would be fucking metal if you if you pull that off. I'll do it. I'll do it. Podcast, I'll do it. Having oh. pulled a podcast earlier in life and that sort of thing, that's a fucking boon, my dude. Like. That's a fucking. Oh, boom. I don't edit it. I, I chop out our break in the middle and throw it out there. But anyway, <laughs> too fast to live, too young to die. You get this shit raw, everybody. Just so you know, raw and uncut. Unless no raw and uncut doesn't nothing changes. Anyway, about the what, what Hunter said about the most recent project. Tell us about this game. Okay, so first off, I, I want to say hearing people say it live, like the whole title, you know, too fast to live, too young to die, feels fucking 
metal as shit, <laughs> which was an unintended byproduct, but maybe that's me being vain. Um, so the title actually comes from, I'm actually a big fucking anime nerd, and that was my previous path in life. Uh, I took a break from the RPG scene and did a lot of anime shit, and part of that was listening to a specific Japanese band that's based off, like, Bozuzoku. Bozuzoku is, is the 80s Japanese biker culture. And the band's name was Kishidan, which means the Knights. And in one of their songs, they have a fucking, it might even be the name of a song, the title of a the song. They say, too fast to live, too young to die, and they fucking start punking it out, right? Think of uh, Godspeed You Black Emperor. Think of Godspeed okay. You Black Emperor, but kind of, you know, Japanese punk in, in the 80s. You know, you probably heard of like One Night Carnival if you're in that scene and that sort of thing. So I stole the title from there, and it was never meant to be the real title, and it just kind of stuck. Um, so right now, it's like, hey, I'm looking at Cyborg. Originally, I never meant to write this project, to be honest with you. Uh, my initial thing was, I'm going to put out a free adventure. It's going to be a short adventure. I fucking hate Ronald Reagan because of my politics and because he's a, he's a horrible fascist piece of shit. Um, and I was writing, I and I still am writing, I still am writing this... Um, this this adventure where you you get to assassinate Ronald Reagan, you know, okay, Hinkley failed, and now it's in a cyborg setting, and he's doing all the things he did in 1980, but those things are still going on in a new capitalist society. So the adventure I'm writing this, and part of the adventure was, hey, he transports like he he drives along, and you need a, a chance to fucking wreck his ride and get rid of him. So. I'm writing this, and I'm realizing, I need vehicle rules. I need something that's going to... And I'm, I'm reading through Cyborg, and I read the armored van or the armored vehicle. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is pretty, pretty dope. Um, let's, let's expand on this. And as I expand on it, which was originally part... It was supposed to be part of another project. Um, it just became its own thing. Before I know it, it's, it's 13 pages long, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And it was actually Tommy... Um, Sons an Hour? I might be pronouncing his name wrong, but he just got done running Swamp, which okay. is an amazing Kickstarter. If you get a chance to grab that, I would totally recommend that. He, I reached out to him. I did some voice work for his Kickstarter video, and I'm, I, he's like, yeah, you should, you should fucking Kickstart this and shit. I'm like, uh, you know, uh, Nativity was a lot of work. Let me see. And I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I've got, you know, fucking debts to pay. I, I, I am just as much a punk as, or a scum, depending on which version of War of War you're now playing, uh, where that's all real. And, okay, so I, I kick-start it, and next thing I know, it's like, actually, this is pretty fucking cool. Like, race cars, fucking fast bikes, fucking crashing into shit, fucking shooting at people, you know, not that drive-by shootings are okay, but, you know, my point is, like, this is a cool fucking game. Let me do something cool for it. And so that's what it became. It's now it's like, here are all these vehicles. You read through Cyborg. If you've got that PDF already, you, know, you can read through. You can see all the cool vehicles in there. Let's have some more vehicles. Let's have custom vehicles. Morkborg, you had the Wretched Royalty, and they had the Barbarister. And Barbarister became one of my favorite fucking things to roleplay as a Morkborg DM, because someone has a Barbarister. Like, that's cool. That's fucking cool. To me, like, Barbarister, every Barbarister links back to a single entity, and this is just the avatar of the single entity and shit. And that's such a cool mount. That's such a cool idea. Let's have some fucking cars. Let's have some fucking barbarister cars people can run around in and crash and, and fucking do nonsense, you know? So you start watching Knight Rider. You start watching Akira. And you're like, holy fucking shit, I want to do Akira in Cyborg. That's the whole intention of this game. Let's, 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 let's double down on this. Let's grab our submachine guns and have some fucking fun. 
So yeah, thematically, Akira like lines up with like it lines up with Cyborg so well. And when you so announced good. it and you said like, "Oh, we're gonna do Akira Adventure," I was like, "Oh, duh!" Like that entire like manga or movie, whatever. It doesn't matter how you saw it because no matter what, like you're watching this like decrepit, dying future city. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. I think we're, Ryan and I are both have both been very stoked for it and just to talk to you in general. Um, it's a good idea. It fits really well. It seems like not necessarily low hanging fruit in like a negative way, but like once you made it and you announce it, you're like, oh, dude, it's so obvious. Like it's so it works oh, so dude, well. It's such a low hanging fruit. I won't, I won't even pretend like it's a it's an original idea. Like you read through Cyborg, and if you have cyberpunk influences in your in, in your blood, like I've watched Ghost in the Shell or I've watched anything Blade Runner, you instantly like boom, you flash to that because Cyborg does an amazing job at capturing that and fucking making it something you can play without plagiarizing without it's obvious in a good way because it's like oh my god i can do this now you know we read about you know oh, we're adapting 5e to do fucking harry potter it's not what the system was made for. <laughs> but this system was specifically made to do that shit and i'm like yeah. let's do that shit you know if i have to be the one to do it i don't have to be i just was egotistical enough to imagine i could and so now it's like, well, I, I don't want to let no one down. Let's let's fucking do it. Let's 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 go pedal to the metal. Let's fucking crash into that. So you know, and I know I I've seen a, like a preview, and I know that it's expanded since then. It's fucking good. I don't are, are you like it's good. I know you tweeted it once. I don't know. I want to. I don't want to give anything away about like about anything unless you want to say something about it about with but the Vin Diesel's in it. So yeah. <laughs> When you say I tweeted about it, remind me. Go ahead, like let's fucking spoil it. If people so are tuning you, in, you, I won't spoil it. you you do have to turn the zine like a steering wheel to like read the fucking yes. zine. Yeah. Okay. Here's a here's a deep thing I believe in from from reading Morkborg. When I was introduced to Morkborg, I was looking for a D and alternative. I want to play fantasy role playing. I don't want to play D and D anymore. Right. I want to play something different. Okay. I'm going through indie RPGs. I ran into Ryutama which I still fucking love. I have never played it. I don't own the book, but I've read through what Ryutama is. I'm totally about that shit. Um, and then I, I ran to Morkborg. I'm like, okay. Because I didn't want to play a retro clone, no diss out there, but like, I, I did the whole first E, second E experience. Yeah, you did the thing already, you know? For you, it's like a, yeah, totally that get that. Was my, that was my personal feeling. Again, no diss to anybody out there, you know, doing OSR shit, because, I mean, kind of to an ex extent we all are, right? Uh, well, that's not true. But you hear what I'm saying. OSR, um, NSR, whatever, eventually the future people are going to tell us we did. Yeah. Right, no, good, good point. It's always labeled po uh, posts. But um, for me, I was looking for a new experience, and I'm looking over... Morkborg, one of the actually the thing that won me over about Morkborg was actually not the black metal setting. I've never been a black metal person. I've never actually been kind of that dude. Um, I have kind of since then delved into that. Like, oh, okay, this is actually fucking cool. But like my my whole experience with that is like that. I love heavy metal. I'm fucking listening, you know, Iron Maiden and that sort of shit. Uh, but I'm just as much the guy who listens to fucking Aha. Like you know, if you're like, hey, name your top albums. I'm like, okay. Iron Maiden fucking ahas on there, maybe some Dream Theater, or, you know, like, when Kate Bush started getting popular again from straight, Stranger Things, I'm like, I, I haven't stopped listening to Running Up That Hill on fucking repeat. You know, so, I, you know, or Yes. Yes is one of my favorite bands, so that kind of colors who I am. But, you know, we're hitting a black metal thing, and like, oh, okay. But the art was very evocative. 
but the mechanics was what won me over specifically with like armor versus hp dodging that sort of you know yeah. effectively so you can dodge a hit or you can get hit and your armor is not consistent your armor is not a static thing holy fuck that opens up so much to like how you play that and i'm not even sure if Morkborg invented that if it did kudos if it didn't that's fine too but for me like i always complained about that shit playing first e second e you know three pathfinder fifth e i never actually played four but my, my point is like going through all of this four wheelers up there um Going through all that and then having like a mechanic that actually represented everything, I was like, okay, cool, I'm I'm in. And the magic system was very streamlined and like, okay, I, I can just run this, it pick up and go. Yeah. I can just run it. I, and there entire games I played where people were like, hey, do you want to play fucking Morphorg? Hell's yeah. What time are we playing? Now seven. All right. Well, that's in two hours. Random generator. Random generator. Looks good. And we run it. And it's been some of the most iconic RPG sessions I've had. So it's so it's so and again, like one of the things that I um I, I, I started with five E in two thousand fourteen. When I was a kid, I read I played Magic the Gathering and I read like every fucking D D TSR book there ever was and I had no idea that D D was a thing. No clue. Started in twenty fourteen with the starter set. I can only do things 150%, so I bought every single published book until the beginning of twenty twenty two, including every special edition, everything under the sun. But over the past year plus, um, that two years, uh, you know, I think we all have, and that kind of was the impetus for this podcast, was to start really, like, realizing that 5e sucks. Um, and it's just, mechanically, it's not great, and as a company, Watson has broken, choke on a bag of dicks. But, um, what I well, love, I, similar to what I, you just said... I, I do want to interrupt you one, for one thing. Yeah, absolutely. And this is it's not to be contrarian. I think the 5e system actually does exactly what it's intended to do. And this is my it problem. Does. Is that 5e is really about did I kill the thing? It's it's combat oriented. And I well, know there's a, a ton of fucking debate about it, but my thing is, look, I don't live real life by killing shit. Like, I just don't. At least with Borkborg Everything's tongue-in-cheek. Like, yeah, you can always do combat at the drop of a hat. Yeah. But with Morkborg, when do you get better? When do you level up? And even when you level up, you may slide back because yeah, you worse. yourself are not an, exactly. yeah, you're not an infallible being. So but, with all that shit, you know, I was like, okay, we can do something different rather than, oh, did I kill five boulets? Did I kill that lich, you know? Well, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it, 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 I, I think you definitely hit it right on the head. It does what, it, what it's supposed to do. And that is make everyone feel like a fucking god because the entire point is to balance it so you always win. And the yep. the 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 success state is murder the thing and then go to the next thing that you murder over and over and over again until you are actually a god and then that's it. Except no one ever gets past level 10 anyway. So you're right. And 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 one of the reasons I think that it did blow up is for a lot of people's first game. You just feel you're it's 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 everyone's a fucking hero. Everyone's a hero. Everyone always wins. Everyone's always right. And it's always a good. You know what I mean? So if you take someone who's only played 5e for like three months and they're like, damn, like I'm always winning. It's, it's great. Like power game. And I got all this shit. And suddenly you throw them into something like Merkborg or even like a DCC funnel and they just die and die and die. They're going to fucking hate that. Right. So, so there's a progression so that, that gets there to be like, all right, I've done the hero thing enough. And that's how I kind of felt. And one of the things a lot of the things I love about Merkborg mechanically 
it is this i mean in the setting it's this it's this gonzo but in the perfect amount like dark heavy setting but the mechanics fit the setting and that's one of my favorite things about it is it's the mechanics are brutal the setting is brutal and it all all parts of it work the art works the mechanics work the lore works and the way the ease in which you can just get up and go just fucking works and it works in a way that makes you feel like not that i if, if you don't win because you're the hero um you can have this disappointment and instead but i feel like there's a hollowness to that you're gonna win that's just how it works because after you play the thing for six months your dm's not gonna kill you they're gonna fudge rolls and all the rest of it in merkborg i feel yes, like when you actually yes, no. succeed i feel like for me personally there's more depth to it and i feel more accomplishment realizing i fucking survived the thing that could kill right. me in one hit and that's one of the things i loved about it and the player pacing rules but that that's I one of the things that drew me to it I think you're actually objectively correct. And here's why I would use the word objective. Mechanics promote certain behaviors. If you design games, you need to understand, I'm trying to provoke behaviors versus design mechanics that just feel good. Although <laughs> mechanics that feel good are fine and perfect. You need to stop and think, if I have a mechanic that indicates, like for example, if I use 5e, right? The mechanics, the overwhelming majority of mechanics are combat oriented. There are no social, they're very actually they're very few. Let's not let's not be, you know, let's not have a hyperbole here. A hyperbole, sorry. Um, the mechanics are designed to do a certain thing, right? The thing is with, with D D is that character creation, to your point, after six months, you may not even hit level twenty. Character creation for D D is not that session zero. Character creation for D&D is when you finally fucking hit level 20. Your character is not fully realized until you spent years on And some people like that, and that's fine. Me? Can I just be who the fuck I am and then go do adventures? And that's why I loved Morkborg is because the character creation, that's the second thing that won me over, is character creation, boom, 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 boom. I played so much Fallout 1 and 2, not 3 and 4. Oh, well, New Vegas is pretty good. But New Vegas is great. New Vegas is pretty good. But I played Fallout 1 and 2 over and over and over again because of character creation. And and I don't know why I played it over and over again because I was always a sneak sniper and that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the character creation. I just made the same character over and over again. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> so, so the thing is, like, I loved it because there were possibilities that entertained me. And the thing was with 5e... I would talk to my DM. It's like, I want to be this guy. Okay, then you're going to choose this class. You choose this race. and You're going to choose this subclass. And that's fine. But just realize that even getting to your subclass, like if I want to be an assassin, I have to start as a fucking rogue. And I have to gain three levels. Well, two levels, right? Because you start at level one. But you have to gain levels before you can even get there. If more, and Morkborg, if I get better, it just flavors what I already have there. You're adding ingredients to the stew. D&D is specifically like, okay, you want to make a certain dish. Okay, we're going to start with one ingredient and then kind of like, depending on the role play, if it's really, really good, if the role play is good, it, it does influence your decisions. One of the things, going back to a previous question, why did I even come to the Morkborg and shit? Uh, I was within five, it was 5e, and I was really pissed off because, and I'm only going to use this word once, pissed off because of Oriental Adventures. I think that's a fucking dirty word. I hate that. The thing that pissed me off is like there is no cultural representation from D&D outside of white fantasy. And there are reasons for that because fantasy is predominantly a white narrative, right? 
but there's no way for me to explore other cultures without actually properly, properly exploring other cultures without changing the mechanics. There is no way you can ever play, in my opinion, you can play an accurate, not even accurate, a, um, like something, I mean, you do it justice, right? Like you can't do justice to a new experience with mechanics that are specifically tailored to being a knight. That's the whole mechanic of fucking D&D. Are you a knight or Merlin? And yeah, you can be the guys in between. You can be Robin Hood and all that shit. But they're all based off the same narrative from like the same ethnosphere right. of cultures. I'm not well, trying I mean, to say it's, 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 it's just it's, because it's, of that. It's just it's only good at that. It's Tolkien-esque fantasy. It's Western European fantasy. Like that's all it is. It is not sword and sorcery. It is like sword and wizardry. Like it is Western, medieval, white, like dominated uh, um, fantasy. Period. Tolkien-esque. That's yeah, what Tolkien absolutely. is. Period. Um, and, and there are a ton of games out there that are like sword and sorcery that give you a lot more like Hyperborea and stuff like that. Um, but yep. D&D has always been and will always be. And, and when it's come up and they like to give their PR speech about it, it's always been exactly what you're describing it as. It's funny because when you say swords and sorcery, the first thing I think of is Conan the Barbarian, which is totally not problematic in any way if you've ever read any of it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the most racist, misogynistic, like every aspect of it is fucking terrible. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the bad guy yeah. has to be James Earl Jones. Like, it, it's just... Yeah. But here's, here's the thing to me, okay? So I, I want to try and make some sort of... Uh, maybe I'm not even the right person, and I'll fully admit that. But I've been absolutely fascinated with, the you know, b because of anime, I got fascinated in the culture. So before I know I'm reading about Chinese history. I'm reading about Korean history. I'm reading about Japanese history. I'm like, yo, so go... Like, Japanese... It's a Goku period. It'd be fucking fun to play a game in. But then I'm looking at, like, uh, you know, the Five Rings and the whole, you know, Asian adaptation that existed in the five, uh, the 3.5e. And I'm kind of like, what, what is this fucking nonsense? Like, that, that's kind of my opinion. It's like, this is some dude who grew up on too many kung fu films. Like, he thinks Qu Quentin Tarantino is the epitome of, of foreign culture. And I, I, I spit on that. Um, anyway, well, I think I, I think that's fucking nonsense. But here's the thing: other projects that I'm working on, for example, I'm working with a Japanese team, like people over in Japan who are adapting Morphorg. Uh, what's the translated title? Is um, Nobunaga's Dark Castle. And I've been working with them to do some art and shit, and they tell me exactly what they want, and I and I make it. And some of it's quirky as shit, and some of it is, you know, I, I've I seen it. It's it. cool. It's cool, yeah. Right. I've seen it. yeah. <laughs> I, I fucking love it. But the thing I love about that is, like, you can easily just take those mechanics and move it over. And people say, well, you could do the same with 5e. No, you can't. Because in order for 5e to work, you're looking just specifically, like, I'll point out an example, like armor class. Armor class, you know, that peaks at fucking plate mail. Plate mail, and I know I'm going to piss off all the fucking medieval, you know, uh, fucking debate lords and shit. But, like, plate mail was specific to a time and place and a certain culture. And even then, when we look at fantasy, fantasy itself is really kind of the Wild West. When you look at Wild West, when you look at Westerns, trains, you know, the whole colonization of indigenous lands, you know, the, the, the lack of law, none of those things really kind of existed all at the same time. Some of them did. Some of them overlapped briefly. But we just toss them all together because we accept it as, as the icon. And that's fine. It's, it's dramatization. But when you look at fantasy, it's a dramatization of white Anglo-Saxon culture. And it has to be, 
because if it does if it isn't then you can't have your tolkien elves you can't have your you just can't you know so when people everyone i've ever seen who adapts D D over they're like i have to preserve all the the tolkien isms right for yeah it is usually yeah it is really built on it really is built on that it's but, built uh, on it okay. yeah but Merc, uh, so, but, so hijacking but, so go ahead brian no yeah that was my transition i was gonna say Merkborg. Even you can take the SRD and slap anything you want on it with just like with the vibe and the mechanics can be the mechanics. But that's that's the difference. To... Morkborg doesn't go to a culture. Morkborg goes off a of vibe, and that's yes. the difference because black black metal vibe is universal. Yes, it's centered in something, but I can easily go and look up Chinese black metal and find a result mm -hmm. on YouTube within five minutes. It, it's and a thing. For, so. for example, you can take Morkborg and and throw a cyberpunk setting on it. And then write a badass car supplement and just tweak some rules, add some cool stuff. But at its bones, it's still Merkborg. Cyborg is still at its bones Merkborg. But talking about Too exactly. Fast to Live, Too Young to Die, I know you recently dropped a the final stretch goal. Yes. You tweeted that. So what was that? Okay, so anyone who's listening, look, I, t I talked to Nor. Who? Mad respect. Uh, <laughs> Johan Nor. Friend of the show, Johan Nor? Right, exactly. Friend of the show, Johan Nor. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad, mad fucking respect for setting what I would consider, and some people may disagree with me, but for me, I think it set a precedent in a genre of RPG. Him and Pele, when, when they were writing this, I, I have no proof of this, but when I'm looking at this, I'm saying, okay, these are, these are two people who are clearly impassioned, um, clearly didn't like some of the things that embodied, that were embodied in RPGs and just did their own thing. I think that kind of pul uh, very pulpy, not pulpy, uh, punk, punk culture yeah. uh, will, needs to persist because that, that sort of that ideology doesn't have to make a Morkborg thing. You know, like I go and look at Lancer, I'm fucking in love with Lancer. I haven't even played Lancer. I fucking love that. Or I look at you're cool, you know, you're a cool fucking guy for saying that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for coming on the show and repping Lancer. Well, I'm a big Lancer fan, so Hey, we do we oh, do have a Lancer episode. It was our first double episode, and that's why we <laughs> stopped doing big games. Yeah. Um Dude, just going through the lore, like I'm fucking subscribed to was it Dragon Kind Eleven or, or yeah, Dragon Kind or whatever the guy with the who does the automated speech text. The speech. book's like this oh big, God, and the lore is like this much of it too. So no, yeah, the lore is crazy deep. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, but that, that's kind of my point. It's like somebody got together, like a, a group of people get together, and they say, "I don't like something. I want to do my thing. Then do your fucking thing. Don't let no one fucking stop you. Like do something that's different." And every yeah. time you do something that's different, I guarantee you it will be better. Not in an objective sense, totally in a subjective sense, but it will be better than just going along with the fucking groove. Like, I, 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 I love hack culture. You know, I'm going to hack this game and do this. I think that's great. B be bold. Be brave. Like, I'm going to fucking make my own thing. Be that person. Go for it. What, what's stopping you? Like... You know, I was a fucking nobody who's still learning to use GIMP. I'm still a fucking nobody who's still learning to use GIMP. And the thing is, I like to make things. And people like the other things? Okay, we can all like it together. And that, to me, you know, that's that's what drives me, like, the too fast to live, you know, too young to die, is that I'm not even a car aficionado. I'm having yeah. to research shit about you cars. You don't and... have to be, man. Like, you really don't have to be, you know? <laughs> no. I, I want that depth to be there for the people who are. You know, right. when they pick up 
Oh, so they for pick sure. Up the Akira Kaneda bike, and, and it, you know, it's got text there about ceramic brakes. You know, it's got text there about 200 horsepower and a fucking motorcycle. You know, soon that won't be sci-fi, but for now it's sci-fi. And you're reading about this shit. It's like, oh, okay. For, for maybe other people, it's just flavor. But for the people who really want to dig in, I want to give them that option to dig in. For the folks who fucking grew up watching Knight Rider, and they're like, I want my own fucking Knight Rider. You did an evil Knight Rider, you motherfucker. Oh, dude, yeah. But did you... But did you actually say what the stretch goal was when you talked to Noor? When you talked to a friend of the oh, show, Johan Noor? Right, right, right. So the stretch goal, if we can hit 11K, then Noor will do art for Too Fast to Live, Too Young to Die. That is the final stretch goal. If we can reach that, I will be extremely, extremely pleased, extremely honored that people, you know, believe in the, in the, in the project as it is. Um, well, and the so stretch goal is at, is at what amount? It's at 11K, right, is for, for Johan to do the art? So right now... Right. We're sitting at a, basically 9,500. So by tomorrow, and I will get this podcast out tonight and people will listen to it in the morning, uh, 1500 dollars and, and, and like $13 um, will get Johan Noor's art in Too Fast Live Too Young to Die. So if you're listening now, tweet this, spread this, do all of those things. Let's really push this over. The last day is a big day that people can be like, oh yes, we got that email. Oh yeah, yeah. I need this. let fucking do it. Yep. Fucking just fucking do it. Um, you had sent me some some preview pieces. Did you want me to pop those up? I was just about to say, yeah, let's, let's talk about those real quick if we can. Let me... Um... Real quick question. Hey, Josh, have you read... Uh, the creator of Lancer, one of the creators of Lancer, his webcomic, uh, Kill Six Billion Demons. I haven't. I've been looking at that. Like, so that's oh, one of the things. It is by I... far my favorite comic. Period. Like, not like my favorite web comic, but I mean, like, period, my favorite comic. Like, that's, I need to get back into reading comics. Like, for oh, dude, a brief so period, I started good. reading tons of comics. Uh, and then <laughs> I was reading it off my work laptop because work sucks, so I make them pay me to read comics. So I was doing that, and then they blocked like every comic website. So I'm like, "Fucking Christ!" Nah. So, so I got three here. Which one do you put me to pop up first? And I'm gonna just keep it on this screen, and I'm just gonna drop it up in the top, in the top right here. Yeah, let's just fucking random. Let's let's just go for it. All right. First one that you sent is this right here. This little preview right here, and this is the one that is just kind of like a red um red pieces on a pure black background okay so for this one i wanted to push myself and i'm still not kind of 100 percent on it so a lot of what you're seeing there are previews the subject has changed uh, i'm a huge common writer fan i fucking love Kamen that's Rider. what it's from i was like i recognize yeah. that like yeah okay gotcha so if, if you guys don't know what the hell common writer is is a japanese uh, in america we had like bill bixby playing the hulk we had like a, a Spider-Man, Daredevil, like they're basically dramas, day dramas, but they were superheroes. In Japan, you had similar things, like if you're familiar with Power Rangers. Power Rangers is referred to as a Super Sentai show. Um, so pre-Sentai, Sentai being a team, um, you have like Kamen Rider is one of the main ones. Ultraman is another one, like Tokusatsu shows. Right? Yeah. So Kamen Rider for me, I fucking love Kamen Rider. The whole premise of Kamen Rider is there's a man, he gets kidnapped by fucking neo-fascists, and he gets fucking bodily reorganized and shit and they're building their new fucking army in japan so he gets infused with grasshopper power so he gets like the fucking strength 
you know, and the jumping and all that sort of shit. So Kamen Rider rides a fucking motorcycle, and I fucking love Kamen Rider because he betrays the whole thing. He's like, fuck you guys, I'm not doing your fucking thing, I'm going to fight everything. So he's anti-fascist, rides a motorcycle, I think he looks cool as shit, I'm going to put him in my fucking thing. And it was never planned. I'm sitting here like, I have to do a fucking Common Rider vigilante. So basically, I looked at... You guys have seen uh, Do Da Da Da, right? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So this... I've, I've already written it out. I'll give some spoilers here. If you guys have seen the anime Do Da Da Da, there is a character in there, Selty, and she has this black scythe. She's headless. You know, she's a headless horseman. Her motorcycle is actually the fell spirit uh <laughs> Her fucking steed. <laughs> right, and transforms into a motorcycle. So this is a combination between Batman, Kamen Rider, um, Communism, and Selty from Dudadada. And so essentially, like, this is someone, if you want, if you play this class, you're beating people to fucking pulp who deserve it, right? In fact, one of the things, I, I, I got way too happy writing this. Um, like, you know, each class in Morphorg is like, how did you become this class? And you get, like, D6 options, usually. And, like, you know, one of them is, like, who was your last victim? And I have scratched out. Like, who's, you know, who'd you rescue last or whatever? And so one of them is, like, oh, there's a landlord trying to victim mother and her children. So you gave him permanent residence in the hospital. You know, or, like, hey, there's two cops. They fucking deserved it. You know, that sort of shit. So this is the character who, like, isn't afraid to get blood on their gloves because red on red. Um, but actually, I'm hoping with the artistic design on this, I'm hoping that the black and the black. So if you if you up brightness on it, or if you look at it, there's actually two layers of black on there. So I, I didn't notice cool. that when I look at it, it's just all red to me. But then when I look at it on stream and in the preview, I was yeah. this is the first time I've seen it like this, and I was like, wait, what? And it completely pops. So on stream, it does it does pop, and then it's two different black. Okay. So it's 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 sick. So yeah, it looks great. It's still it's still uh, you know, available. For, you know, it's it's still there for tweaking. But uh, the, the goal was to do something black on black. I fucking love the black on black. There's yeah. a, a Chinese painter who does a lot of this like really dark blue on black and some gold. And I've tried experimenting with that style. I haven't quite gotten to a, a level I'm, I'm comfortable with. But like the red, even if you don't see the black on black and you just see red. It's mysterious. If you know Common Rider, okay, I see red gloves. It's actually based off Common uh, Rider 2 off the original series. There's two Common Riders. One of them got injured. The actor got injured by a bicycle stunt or a motorcycle stunt, and so he <laughs> snapped him off. And so they they popped this other dude in there. So it's based off kind of you know both of those going back and forth who had the red gloves, and then you have the red glowing eyes and all that shit. So the the idea would be you can play Batman, you know, you can play right. uh, you know the Grim Reaper, you can play this Common Rider character. But at the same time, you're, you're still abiding by all the spirit of fuck capitalism, fuck people who exploit others. I stand up for the people, and I'm willing to bloody my fists to do so. So that's the art for that. It's still, you know, I don't know. I, I'm really excited for it. It's a different artistic looks, direction for me. So It looks sick. It looks fantastic. I just pulled up the, the second one, and this has the bikes on it. It's right below you. So what are we looking Ooh. at here? Okay. So... Part of the thing I've been tweeting about, and if you've been following me on Twitter, or, or, uh, originally I intended this to be a very small zine. I'm more comfortable doing smaller projects. Like if you, you back Nativity, you understand like, okay, this is a 20-page zine, although then there were three icons with that, and each of those have their own. Their own you know, so basically it was almost fucking 40-odd pages. But long story short is um, I'm comfortable doing smaller stuff, and I originally wanted to do 10 vehicles, just enough variety. And then they, you know, everybody reached the, the, the stretch goal of 
unlocking 10 more. And then I also had an option for, if you want your own custom vehicle, I will make you your own vehicle. And that's still, you know, still an option on the table. So if you want your own vehicle, go for it. I told so you about what mine. I realized. I told you about right. mine. <laughs> so what I realized is there's a lot of vehicles in this. Uh, I'm looking at literally 40 vehicles as of right now with 20 backers with their own custom vehicles. There's the original 10, and then the stretch goal doubled that. So I'm looking at 40 vehicles. So if you're like, well, okay, like I want some cool car. No, there's going to be a lot of fucking cars, bikes. I'm even expanding it because I realized like after a while – Having so many, you know, cyber bikes, having so many cars, that's one thing. Let's have some different vehicles. So I'm including uh, some other things which aren't depicted, like, you know, there's a helicopter in there. There's going to be... They got out of the helicopter? Uh, right, right, right. So there's going to be other stuff in there, too. But I wanted to include this page because I, I was basing it off of the followers in Morkborg. Um, so the interesting thing about these rules I have to explain real quick is that each of these bikes have their own stats, or each of these vehicles have stats, and they basically operate like a monster with one exception, is that they don't have their own will, but as you're driving them, they have stats that they have to abide by. Like if you you know, limit a vehicle down to zero HP, it stops working. But also on top of that, they still have to make a morale check. That was kind of the thing I based it around. So you know, Morkborg rules or Cyborg rules, if you reach one-third HP, you roll the morale. Like it, your vehicle doesn't have to be utterly destroyed. It's a total. So... I have all these vehicles. They have to have stats. Let's put them in a followers type, you know, uh, layout. And so it's like, okay, let's let's do that. So we have, you know, one bike there. Uh, it's actually based off the uh, the common rider bike of all things, the cyclone, right? Um, and then there's another one. There's another one there. I was reading in Cyborg, like you have pods, right? And pods, I think, refers more to like public transportation. But I was thinking, wouldn't it be fucking cool if you could just get in a metal coffin and zoom around the fucking city? Like I, I it, this is for the type of person. Like I want to use these rules, but I don't want to have to like do a long, prolonged combat. Um, I just want to get in a bike and zoom across the city. You can do that. The other bike, the pod, is specifically a metal coffin. You get in, it's nigh invincible. Like it'll probably protect you from most, probably for most attacks. But you know, at the same time, like you can zoom around the city, relative safety, that sort of thing. And then, of course, I have to toss you can expect to be in, in fucking Cyborg, right? Like, it's, cy it's Cyborg. You can't expect safety, you know? Right. So the other thing is, too, is I wanted to poke fun at the gig economy. Notice, like, there's rental rates or, or purchase rates or costs, right? And then, of course, I had to put Uber in there. So it's like, hey, you know, this is your – you get too drunk or you get too fucking high or whatever. Or maybe you're shot up and you need to fucking escape call the fucking uber and the pod will zoom you across the city back to your hideout so that's so, very cool i, I mean so i'm cool. really enjoying like the preview pages that you sent us and that i've seen like like stylistically they look really good they're very much in line with the way that some morkborg cyborg stuff kind of looks but like still look like a different thing like the bike pages are fantastic like the <laughs> red black white minimal color use Big fans of that on the show. You know, we love that. Actually, I want to mention a shout-out to Depth in Space, too. Because, like, the whole Depth in Space kind of look of, like, it's not Vector. What they do is they kind of up the – or they, they, they curve the contrast. So, like, the, the highs are really, really low. The lows are really, really high. So you're low on your whites and high on your blacks. And so it creates this very sexy silhouette shape where you can still get detail. Yeah, totally. Without yeah. robbing anything. And – 
Death in Space has a fucking brilliant design. Of course, it's you know kind yeah. of another Warthor kind of in the vein of that. So I wanted yeah. to st- I, I totally crimped that. I, I, I will shamelessly say as a designer, I look at people who are successful, I look at what they're doing, and I, I envy them. And, and the, it goes to the quote of like, you know, uh, imitation is the greatest form of flattery, right? Yeah. So I, I hope when people look at this, like the goal is to make it look like it, it falls in line with an official product. It's yeah. not an official product. But right. it, right? I, I mean, it as homage more than than stealing from. Yeah. Totally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jason said uh, you were talking about threshold, but that the Death of Space guys actually did do it in Vector. Um, so oh, they did? Uh, okay. yeah, so we actually run the Death in Space actual play, and uh, Jason right. chats a lot with the Death in Space guys. So, and Jason does, you know, that's that's one of his jobs outside of here is a lot of graphic stuff. Um, so I'm sure that came up. Um. And I had another point. I wanted to transition, and uh, it escaped my brain. There we go. It's um, gone. I got it's one. It's gone. Well, to that point, so active, active feedback. So if it is a vector, that means I need to correct the design. So that way it matches why actually. So I appreciate that, Jason. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. Oh, a- so, um, you know, I've been through, and if you have, if you're listening, you haven't, astrolich.h.io, um, some really great stuff. I will plug your itch page. Um you have a lot obviously we know that you make mark board content um what kind of sparked you making content I, and we're and we're kind of getting close to the end of this but i think this might be a good one to go like what what started you on making third-party content for this game it was it's mainly kind of going back to the the, the east asian setting i started trying to hack 5e and what my original intention was i'm going to rebuild all these classes to me, a samurai is not a paladin. To me, a samurai is not a cavalier. To me, a samurai is not a warrior. You know, they're none of the melee classes. A samurai specifically has their own feel, should feel like a samurai. You know, like... Yeah. One of them, so, like, my intention, like, everyone loves ninja, right? I want to play ninja. And everyone's like, well, just play an assassin rogue. And to me, I'm like, well, that's not... It's not that's really. Not what, that's yeah. not what ninja... When you look at 5e and you look at the classes, these classes are based off archetypes that exist within a culture right when i look at a ninja we have to understand that these are characters coming from dramatized still within the culture but dramatized within the culture of stage plays and so real shinobi are basically commando samurai you know they snuck in and did that why so how do i embody a uh, commando samurai how do I embody that? I, well, you can't really fucking do it by just playing a rogue. You can't do it by just mixing, you know, uh, two different classes. It, it's kind of no, no one wants to multi-class, and if you do, you're doing it for certain boons anyway. Right. right? You know, oh, I can get level 17 here, and then three levels in here, so I get this one ability. And that's how. So to me, it felt like a cop out. Like, can I? Yeah. There's a certain level. There's a line in the fucking sand for me between hack and just build your thing. Just build your fucking thing. And I, I took the the approach of like build your thing so just you know but anyway to get me into that i played Morkborg, ran my first session and the astrolich is actually like a part of my personal lore and i just took the moniker because it was it sounded cool i stole it from one of matt colville's streams and all that nonsense and i'll shamelessly admit that but um sounded fucking cool like oh we're mixing space and sci-fi with fucking fantasy i love that shit you know it's prog rock as fuck so i'm sitting here like the Necromancer sounds great. So the first game of Morkborg ever ran, they were running through this um, abandoned temple, 
of the you know the astrolich and some of his followers, and at the end there happens to be an obelisk from two thousand and one, and they can either touch the obelisk or not. The black salt winds is is you know, coming straight from this obelisk, like you know people can't escape it, nothing. So like they have to do something, and if they touch it, they either get sucked into hell or they get a vision of the astrolich, and he's like, look, the world is dying. I'm not for or against it. I just think there's a better way to live. And that's the whole you know, like epitome of oh, what the astrolich should be, in my opinion. And everyone wants to use it, great, go for it. To me, it's like the cross between Buddhism, but active revolt against corrupt systems. You know, like, I want to be Zen with myself, but I will totally put my fucking force against the world to change it if that means people can suffer less. You know, so you can't live apart from the world but you have to have an inner world of your own variety as well. So what drove me to do that? Well, I didn't see any other systems really working out for what I wanted to do. I run into more work. I'm like, holy shit, I, can, I, I think I can do this. And, you know, you can look at, if you're plugging the itch, you'll see the old shit there, <laughs> you know, and there's an evolution. So well, I, I would yeah. like to think there's an evolution. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, I mean, and then even going as far as like solar orbits and, and, and uh, uh, so much, um, a quick point, and I finally remembered what I meant or what I want to say earlier. I've been listening a lot to the Wobblies and Wizards podcast with Logo the Barbarian, and I hit this episode where Merkborg was like just coming out, and they were just talking about how it just kind of like blew up the industry with like the art punk style and just the just dearth of like creativity that came from all of these third party creators afterwards, and it's just like zine after zine after zine, and so many of them are so good. One of the things that we've talked about before, and one of the things I really, really like about the the third party creators for a lot of the 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 Stockholm cartel stuff, you know, there's a couple of names that always pop up. It's all uh, it's Philip Reed, Chris Icorn, it's you, um, and like one or two other people who See, can take that. I... What's up? That, that blows my mind because I, when you mention those other names, I'm sitting there like, man, I wish like I, if Chris is listening to this, I just want Chris to know I look at him. The same way, we'll drop an anime reference of the Naruto Sasuke. Like, you're my rival, I hate you, but I fucking envy the shit out of you because you're so goddamn good. does good I work. At, I look at fucking New Year, I'm like, oh my god, like, I need to up my fucking yep. game, bro. I look yeah. at uh, Eileen, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, these, these yeah. guys, you know, these folks are so fucking far ahead. Like, there's so many talented people doing so much better stuff yeah. than my own, and I can't help but be fucking motivated and rivaled. Well, so, wanna, to hear... Wanna... My name comes up, so you know, like to me, I am unworthy. Like it's, I love doing what I want to do. I think other people probably do it better, but I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, and I want attention just as Please, much as anyone else. Keep doing what you're doing. One of the things that I, what I, the the point I was making was what uh, yeah. Johan and and Stockholm Cartel in general, but you know, Johan really put that book together, and it it's created this like just subgenre of fantasy, like period. And the I think with so many Merkborg projects coming out, one of the reasons that your guys' names, ones I just said, really stuck out to me, and I think to Hunter and both of us, is the people that can take that style and make it their own instead of of, of emulate it, be inspired yeah, by it, absolutely. and you can tell where it came from. But it's not like, you know, it's not like emulating it. It's taking it and creating something on their own where you can see it's like a, a nod, a heavy nod. Um, you know, a heavy inspiration, but not just a copy. And all of those people that I just said do such a good job, including yourself. And especially with now Cyborg um, is coming out. Um, and, you know, I mean, we've already seen it. 
Um, but uh, it, the pieces that we just showed look amazing. And how you were just talking about like the homages to the things, but still making it your own is just, it looks fucking fantastic. I can't tell you how excited I am for this project. I'm super honored to have seen so much preview stuff. And I'm so happy you finally got to have you here on the show. Um, the project, again, it's about 9,500. Johan Noor coming in doing a, a, a what Johan does a sick piece of art um, at eleven thousand. So, and what time does the project end tomorrow? Uh, ends Monday night at nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the reason so I did we that got is because plenty of time. We got twelve. We got twenty-four right. hours, basically twenty-three hours for fifteen hundred bucks. What's the reason that you you did it so late? Well, because I, uh, time zones suck. But they're reality, right? So mm -hmm. the thing is, like, I mean, Ryan, you're on the East Coast, or East Coast, West Coast, right? You know, I get yes, done with work. As soon as I'm done with work, I got a thousand things to do. I got kids that need to be fed. I got a house that needs to be cleaned. I got fucking, you know, chores that need to be done. So by the time I sit down and fucking get my shit together, right, um, it's late, you know? Yeah. So I, I've, I see no reason for folks to rush their lives for ultimately my project you know I, I i don't see that but what well, i do see and, is what, no i'm sorry if, what if do you they enjoy it if, if they enjoy it i want to give them that opportunity so i put it later in the night and that sort of thing because one like yeah like i would love to reach 11k don't don't fucking you know i'm not sitting here trying to blow smoke and pretend that's not a reality but the, the flip side is also i hold myself to a standard i want to make such a fucking badass thing for people to enjoy and I hope people would enjoy this. I hope people will play this. I hope people will say, oh, my God, I love this. Because to me, that is way better than any fucking dollar amount you can ever place on something. Just simply because I'm a dude who has a typical nine to five. You know, I sat down and did some art and wrote some things and people respect that. And that to me is is is. It's fucking cool. It's fucking cool. That is, I mean, we've talked it about it before. Cool. I, a, a dream would be creating something and then seeing people enjoy that thing you created. So that that that's what we're doing. That's what you're doing with Too Fast to Live, Too Young to Die. Um, and when Cyborg drops and this drops, I can only imagine this is going to be a, just an amazing supplement to be able to use in <laughs> games, interim adventures, all those kind of things. And I'm super fucking excited to Ask see where it goes. Like said, adventure seen, man. I've seen it. I've seen a preview, and it's only going to get like twice as big from here. So again, um, ninety. We we got twenty four hours. People are backing it already. We've got more backers since the show started. Um, I'm going to yeah, say we did it. You're welcome. Um, listen, I would love to have you on all night, and I definitely think we all need to hang out again in the future. Um, Absolutely. But yeah. But we're going to, um, I definitely need to go to the bathroom. I think this is a good time to take a break. Um, and we're going to uh, switch over to our read-through of Lucid. Thank you so much for being on the show and for chatting with us lately. Again, for previewing all this stuff. Again, neither of us can wait to see what happens with this and what's going to happen next, dude. Like, thank you so much. Dude, super thank you. I appreciate it. Uh Right before you leave, I did say there would be a major announcement, so I want to... I know you got to go back, and it, 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 it fucking happens. I get it. Real quick. Real quick. So I, I want to drop kind of the idea for the Akira adventure. I know a lot of people are, are stoked for that. So I've been thinking about it. I've been teasing out kind of cryptically, 
the Akira adventure, I think, needs to be something where it embodies the end of the film Akira and you know, kind of has that. So first off, I'm looking into and really, really writing, trying to do something that you could have vehicles in a dungeon. One of the things I hate about a lot of RPGs is you have a fucking horse or you're being mounted and that's part of that. You can have your car in this dungeon. That's my goal. And the goal yeah. would be that if you play this adventure, this adventure definitely has the possibility of completely changing your cyborg world for better, most likely for worse. But I will say this. I will say this. I, I spoke with, with one of the backers who designed their own vehicle. Uh, Kalen Haight decided, oh, I want the Back to the Future, you know, DeLorean. Um, oh, I okay, saw that because one. He, right. Yeah. So because he did yeah. that, the adventure now, if you get that car, you could totally, like, rewrite this adventure in a new way through time travel. So now I have to kind of no. like that shit. So that's the major drop. That's the major drop. That's I'm just saying, like, okay. I am taking the feedback you guys got, you know, anything that you guys want to do, it's going to shape the zine. Like, I, I mean that meaningfully. So. Well, we're stoked awesome. to see it, man. I think this is going to be like, you know, we love Nativity in Black. Um, we've ha I have a fun time looking through a lot of stuff on your itch uh, page. I'm not playing as much Morkborg these days, but I still read a bunch of the content. But we're stoked to see it come out. Um, yeah, so we got 24 hours. We need $1,500. Check it out. Too Fast to Live, Too Young to Die, and astralish.itch.io. Uh, and then your Twitter is at... Um, what was it? The tweets of many th one. Yeah, because things wouldn't fit. So yeah, tweets of, ah. tweets of many th one. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Josh. It was great it's talking such, to you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. You guys. Um, we are, are going to go on a short break, and then we will be back to go through Lucid. So if you want to hang out for that, I'm gonna change shirts and put my World Champ shirt on, and we'll uh, we'll see you then, y'all. Right back. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Weekly Scroll Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, do us a favor and give us a nice rating or review on whatever podcast service you're listening on. You can check out all of our info on our website at theadventurearchive.net. You can also find us on Instagram at the.weekly.scroll, where we post our game review scores, kickstart the podcast recaps, and info about upcoming episodes. We're also active on Twitter at weekly underscore scroll. You can watch the VODs of all our episodes, as well as all of our actual play games on our YouTube at The Adventure Archive, or even catch us live on Twitch every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Central. And now, we'll get back to our episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Weekly Scroll Podcast. Um, we... Are these are these three windows? They are. They just went directly in, and we didn't even need to worry Look about those that. silly Discord We're so windows. Good. We never Look have any that. technical errors. Not a single one ever. <laughs> Not one. I'm telling you. Uh, so I mean, whatever. So uh, we I've moved, so things are different. Um, but we are going to go ahead and go over our uh, kickstart the podcast real quick. Um, there are some really cool projects that happened, um, and some really cool projects that are happening. Um, and I just want to be able to touch those. I just want to touch them. You know, sure, just want to touch them. Just to put hands on them. You know, just, just a little touchy touch. Um, the very first one um, I want to talk about is uh, let's talk about the project that's still actively funding. So let me see if this um, uh, how much actually pulls in. Nothing. So uh, let's uh, 
Let's fix a window real quick. Sick. Kickstart window. And then I need to grab this window. Boom. This is going great. And, hey, everyone. Yeah, it, it, it only takes a second. We're, we're, we got this. We're doing we fine. This. Yeah. Oh, look, there it is already. Boom. You're welcome, <laughs> my buddy. Uh, so the first one I want to talk about tonight, we're only going to talk about a couple. And this, I think, is the only one that, nah, there's two that are fun and one I'm not going to talk about a whole lot. This is Gangs of Titan City, uh, grim, dark, urban role playing. Uh, this is from uh, Soul Muppet Publishing. Anyone that's watched, yeah, this is this is guys. How many times did I make that joke tonight? (laughs) Uh, Apparently, at least three. Um, But uh, you know them from uh, we we've looked at two of their previous games, uh, both amazing games. Um, Orbital Blues, which is absolutely fucking fantastic, and Best Left Buried, which is a dark horror game. Um, Love mechanically, love that game. Just uh, across there, they're fantastic. I've been told that Gangs of Titan City um, reminds people of Necromunda. Um, I had to look up Necromunda, uh, and it does. Um, so, uh, let me get to the right scroll window. Uh, talking about, um, uh, Gangs of Titan City, a grimdark urban role-playing game with faction-focused, consequence-heavy mechanics from the creators of Best Left Buried. Gangs of Titan City is a new grimdark future role-playing game that thrusts its characters into a nightmare super city that wants them dead. The game casts your players as desperate gutter scum who will soon dominate the underworld as crime lords or end up riddled with bullets. The game helps you create stories in the vein of Peaky Blinders, Scarface, or Blades in the Dark, but casts in a brutal and uncompromising urban future. Uh, looks looks so fucking dope. So first of all, this is the regular cover on the screen right now. It's it's the picture from the head of the Kickstarter. And you can see right off, it's got a ribbon in it. I hope the ribbon stays when the book really comes out. Um, it looks absolutely stunning. The colors are great. Um, but, uh, and there's some preview art on here. Uh, there are uh, numerous pledge levels. Uh, there is a hardship PDF pledge, which I we love when there's accessibility. One of the things we talk about in the game a lot. And one of the reasons that we um, have value as a score is you got to be able to afford the game to play the game. So when Very people true. have hardship PDFs, that's great. 20, 20, I'm sorry, not dollars, pounds, which, thanks to the crashing global economy, the pounds are very close to U.S. dollar now, so it's not as bad for us over here <laughs> in the States. Um, Why do you say thanks, inflation. Like that? Yeah, thanks, inflation. Um, so... Um, uh, twenty dollars for the uh, twenty pounds for the PDF, forty for the standard physical, which is what I just showed. There's a sixty dollar for a Kickstarter limited physical edition with alt cover, and then there's an eighty where you get the physical edition in your choice of cover, plus a bunch of extra gubbins, a bookmark, a bundle of character sheets, exclusive pamphlet rules reference that can be used as a GM screen. Uh, super excited for this project again. It looks yeah. really really cool. Um, I, we love the mechanics from Best Up Aired and Orbital Blues. They're just really well done. 2D6, but with a, a rollover 9. Uh, really, really neat. The art looks fantastic. They go through the archetypes. Um, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Consortiums, cults, enclave, mercenaries, operatives, and overlords. If you've read Best Left Buried at all, you know that advancements and things like that. These guys do a great job mechanically with those kind of things and the, the archetypes. Um, oh, that's just the gang archetypes. There's gutter classes, and there's a ton of those. Aberration, Broker, Bruiser, Marksman, Mastermind, Psionicist, Spectre, 
Technomancer, just to give you a little vibe of the game. They do have some preview pages from the Technomancer here. Art looks dope. The, the character design looks super simple, um, but, uh, but really in-depth and... Um, it's like best of buried. Like you can do a lot with what they give you um, without having to piece like every single possible rule together. So it looks like it's a really, uh, it looks very heavily focused, uh, um, um, uh, not adapted. Uh, I mean, they did best of buried. It looks, it's kind of like that, but Necromunda. Um, yeah. Very cool. Uh, and then I just want to scroll down to show the alternate cover. Look at that, like debossed gun on the front. Ooh, ooh. So debossed. of course I'm getting that one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Why uh, wouldn't you? You're you. Slightly so. larger, yeah. Plan to be offset, allowing us to feature higher quality paper, Smithsonian binding of all kinds of bells, whistles, ribbons, and additional funding. So uh, the project has uh, 10 days left to go and is short by about $3,000. Um, one of the questions I asked in, in the comments was, are, are we going to be able to do add-ons? Um, and they said, sure, add-ons in the backer kit. I don't know the other side of Kickstarter, like the creator side of it, but I'm curious yeah. if if they have add-ons in the pledges themselves instead of waiting for backer kit. That goes towards the goal, right? I would assume, but, you know, I also, yeah. you know, I'm not that familiar with the back end of it. Yeah, because I'll, I'll say, I, I mean, I'm getting both covers. Like, I, I super fucking want this to fund. It looks really cool. But I mean, I love the the regular cover, but of course I have to get the special edition. So if this funds, I'm definitely getting that. But if it was in the pledge levels, um, I think those numbers could be bumped up a little bit by having the add-ons directly in. But anyway, this is Gangs of Titan City. This is from Soul Muppet Publishing. Again, if you liked Orbital Blues, especially if you like Best of Buried, you should definitely check this game out. It looks amazing. 10 days left. Um, jump on this one. Let's make sure this funds because I really want to play it real, real bad. Um, and yeah, I hope oh, yeah. they hyperlink. I hope they hyperlink the PDF a little bit on this one. That'd be super dope. Um, and then um, let's jump to this one right here um, with our friend in chat, Disaster Tourism, who's been with us the whole time. They hey, the whole time, <laughs> the whole time. They have a project not on Kickstarter because don't forget, Kickstart the podcast really is about all crowdfunding. Uh, it's called The Dark. It is a wretched and alone solo journaling game about isolation and loss amidst an encroaching preternatural darkness. So for those that don't know, uh, Chris Bissett came out with the Wretched and Alone system um, and Sealed Library um, and him put out an SRD for it. And there's been a lot of amazing Wretched and Alone games. I got a bunch of them. Definitely plan to start running some on stream. Um, and this is one of the ones I'd love to do. Uh, Disaster Tourism has popped up and put out some amazing, amazing stuff. Again, I wish I had actually been a had time to go through all my zines because I got there. W-Y-R-D. I believe it's weird. It might be Word. Disaster can tell us that. Um, but super cool, super cool person, super cool company. Um, Disaster Tourism has been doing some really amazing things. I did. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. So I'll say it anyway. I did get a preview like plain text of the dark uh weird that's what i thought um it's uh fucking dope as shit like it's really fucking have i sent you that i'm allowed to send you that we're both the same thing it's so fucking good um it's only you now you've been running for what seems like an eternity and it's become dead quiet the daylight or what's left of it peeks through the canopy above as you trek in what you hope is a singular direction 
The last remains of daylight peek through the canopy above as you trek in what you hope is the correct direction. The frost on the air causes you to shiver as you begin to see an eerie blackness consume the forest. Moving with purpose, smoky, inky tendrils wrap and twist through the trees as it moves towards you. The closer it gets, the harder it is to remember who you were, who you love. Holding up to your deepest memories is all you can, is all you can do now as you try to survive the dark. So we can read. We got it. Yeah, we can read. We got it. Um, so uh, first of all, it's a great project. Um, really, really wanted to have disaster tourism on the show, but we were in our hiatus. So we both got new jobs and everything. Um but on top of it being an amazing project and you got to fund it, um, one of the tiers, the the highest tier, the $80 tier, Light in Darkness, um, it gives you a plain text PDF, the PDF, some stickers, backer credits, a notebook, the physical booklet, robust wax spiral taper black candles, and best of all, and if you know me and us, you know this, a special edition LFOSR version. Oh yeah. God damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you know, you know. Um, and I asked, I asked them, Disaster Tourism, um, we've been chatting on the tweeters, um, if they're gonna keep this this fu- this funded and finished 194 backers. Um, it went above it's fi- it's five thousand dollars for a seven hundred and fifty dollar goal. Blew it out <laughs> of the water because it looks sick as fuck. Um, but um I asked if late pledges were still open so I could talk about it on stream tonight and have people still be able to back it. And guess what? He said that they will be. So this is still available for you to uh, for you to check out. And I want to show two things real quick. First is look at these fucking candles, dude. These spiral taper candles. Look at how fucking dope they are. Oh, For those who can't so see, cool. they look almost <laughs> braided. Yeah, they they and they're like spiral down. Um, oh, the bullet journal is also LFOSR, by the way. The journal and the special edition book for eighty dollars, both LFOSR. You know, if LFOSR does, I got I, I got to do it. And there is a preview picture, just a little teaser here, of what the cover of the special edition LFOSR looks like. Is that gold foiling on the front? Uh, disaster. Because that's what it looks like to me. I mean, it, it's gold foiling. Uh, it is gold foiling. Yeah. Also, you know, shout out to fucking Adam Bass, man. Adam, uh, fucking uh, world it, champ. Yeah, I can't wait it, to. Oh, I forgot to change shirt. Fuck. Change your fucking shirt, man. Come on. Um, anyone that knows, uh, anyone that knows that's listened to our podcast knows that we're, we're, we're Adam Bass stands here. Um, I wish yeah. I still had my Adam Bass collection up at the new place, but I don't yet. So I got to rock the shirt tonight for lucid. Um, no. And, and, and Adam, uh, again, anyone listening, uh, we stream on Twitch. So when we talk to random people in chat, uh, it's because we're streaming live. You can always check us out sure, on yeah. uh, Twitch at the adventure archive. Um, but, uh, no, you made it. You, uh, you actually got here just in time for lucid. We're just going to wrap up our kickstart, the podcast game found the podcast. Um, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. But anyway, it's burgundy with gold foiling for the LFOSR cover. The bullet journal comes with this LFOSR two and you get black candles. Late pledges are still open through the weekend. I'm not sure when they're going to close. Maybe disaster tourism. will tweet about that. Uh, find them on disaster tourism, uh, on the tweeters. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm super excited for this. Again, I have the preview of it. It's 
It's so good. It's so good. Um, back that. The last thing oh. I want to talk tonight um, is uh, uh, just a quick, just a quick little touch on it and a little announcement. Just a little announcement. This is Skyrim's. Um, it's a system neutral. <clears throat> it's a system neutral RPG fantasy source book and coloring book full of misty floating islands and weird creatures. And this comes from Eco um, and Evelyn Moreau doing the art. Uh, Eco, um, for those that know or don't know, does the Lost Bay podcast, which I absolutely fucking love. It's like 30 minute episodes with some amazing, amazing creators really getting to the heart of their creative process. Um, it's so, so good. I've listened to season one twice through already. They have a season two out. Can't wait for season three. It's really, really cool. Um, and the I'm not really going to dig in this project too deep today, except to tell you to go fucking back it because it looks really, really cool. Um, it's got 17 days left. It's at six thousand dollars um, and it's got a seventy eight hundred dollar goal. It converts to American for us um, because it it is. Um, I don't think it's in dollar dollar bills. Yeah, it's converted from euros. Um also, so, shout out that cover. That cover is like that cover is money right there. I how dope is it? Yeah, love that cover. So uh, I did. I did see on his Twitter um, a, uh, a a t shirt that may that maybe I don't think the t shirt's in here. Maybe it is. Point um, being, that cover is being, a solid choice. I would. I I really really like that cover. There so. was a t shirt that I saw an image of that's just that color pink with that image and that thing on the top. That's and that's pink. it. I would rock in a fucking heartbeat. The special announcement, and the reason we're not really going to talk about um, this too much tonight is because Eco will be on our show next Sunday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Central Time to talk about this project and to talk about TTRPGs and just back-to-back -back interviews from Astro Lich to Eco now. Yeah, we took six um, weeks off. We came back. We're like, you know what? We'll just fucking interview motherfuckers. So. We're coming in hard. We're coming in hard here. So again, check out Sky Realms. So get a little preview of it so that next week when Eco is on, um, you will know what we're talking about and uh, you will give him your money and you will make this project happen. Um, a bunch of projects that are this close to funding. Let's push them over the fucking edge, guys, um, people, and uh, and back Skyrims. Um, and those are the projects that we're going to talk about for tonight. Throw that shirt on. Throw that shirt on. Rock that World Champ Game shirt um, because we are going to be uh, transitioning. Um, let me kick over to... Oh, you know what I also need to do is actually Still bring great. up... Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're um, doing it. <laughs> What I need oh, to I actually that bring up. collar look, you know? You know when you wear two shirts, you can see both their collars? I'm not into that shit, bro. Yeah. Well, then pop that bottom shirt off, homie. Um, I uh, am going to uh, bring up this, uh, this here PDF. Thank you. One thing I will say is that I was reading Lucid uh, on the pl on a plane a week ago on my way to L.A., and uh, my copy's at my mom's. So I got it from Patreon, and uh, my copy's at my mom's. So my mom's got it. I mean, I'm sure she'll really enjoy playing that. Oh, that's what it is. I kept I kept trying to open the PDF, and it kept uh, switching to something else. Uh, and it's because um, I just had the cover, uh, not bringing up the actual PDF. So let's do let's do real things uh, and actually make um, that happen. 
you know we uh, for our first show back after like six weeks we've had very few or four weeks or however long who knows time's irrelevant but uh yeah you know we have very few uh like you know errors in uh technical errors i i guess yeah i feel like we've done okay i feel like we i feel like we're getting there um look and the game just pops up when it was ready to pop up so yeah i i, I think the, the stream is set up pretty well um and even moving to a new place uh it it worked out so um for those that don't know uh world champ game company is who we were talking about earlier when we said adam that's adam vass um for those that have never listened to the show before we're 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 a little bit yeah, of fans. Yeah, we kind of like them. We're so, a little bit of fans. I was, I, a, have... I was a huge emo kid forever, and so like, I'm a big Lots of Spew fan. Uh, yeah. And then also, fucking, Nec- uh, God, God, dude, Necronautilus is like, still Just... one of our, I think our high, one of our highest ranked games. It's, it's a pretty um, unbelievable I um, think game. if you take, I think uh, if you drop value off, just because like something like Merkborg, where like 90% of the content is fucking free. It's free. Um, Necronautilus is the highest rated game we have, like on the podcast, period. Yeah. Um, I think by at least a point or two, um, you know, above uh Merkborg and stuff like that. But if you listen to this podcast at all, you know that we're we're big, we're big world champ Adam Vass, just as a person and as a creator, um, fans here on Total the show. Fanboys. Absolute yeah. fanboys. So we've no. done Necronautilus. We're gonna do Lucid, um, because there's the newest thing that drops, but we have plans to do whole episodes where we just go over a bunch of world champ zines and there are I would like a ton of zines you know and it's just cool to, for like right now we did yeah. an interview and we have like a little bit of time before i have to go take some quizzes uh because i'm in college I'm a, I'm a beautiful college girl uh but like there are so many like really great um incredibly concise like zines or like little like very emotionally evocative like experiences that you can have um in a tabletop space and it's really cool because i think ryan and i are very much into the uh, the artistic side of this hobby. Like I love killing animal or not animals. I love killing monsters with swords. That's just not animals. Um, but it is nice to have these experiences. They're very crafted to like, you know, like, if, like I said, like evoke like a certain feeling or emotion or use words or memories or like to craft an experience together at the table. Um, so yeah, having said that, uh, this is uh, Lucid, a consciousness manipulating tabletop role playing game by Adam Vass. Um, if you are a backer of World Champ Games or Adam Vass's Patreon, uh, which I highly suggest, uh, this was the May 2022 project. Um, it's pretty much every month there is a project. Um, April, yeah. May. What was April? So I'm wondering if April's right next to me. Well, and one of the Boy cool May. things about oh, um yeah, about Chainface is April. <laughs> there you go. One of the cool but, things about it too is if you do back the Patreon, you only get charged per project, not per month. So if yeah. Adam doesn't drop a project for a month, um, you don't get charged. You only get charged when you get when a project actually drops, which is a fantastic way to do it. Um, because if something comes up, you know, people feel like they're still, you know, they're they're getting what they quote unquote paid for or whatever to 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 back um and it's just a really really great way to run a patreon um so obviously we both back that yeah mine's in california uh you're in california um yeah so cool uh moving on we're going on to the first page where it just you know like first off this is a fantastically styled book um the background imagery it it really evokes it's like it's where you are dream warriors in this and it has a very dreamy color palette scheme uh color scheme um and it fits very well with the theme so lucid um is the name uh like it says this project's made possible uh by adam bass's backers 
uh, for May 2022. Uh, this game is inspired by consciousness hopping movies like Possessor, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Inception, uh, Waking Life, which I actually haven't seen, um, and Oh, more. Waking Life is so good. Is yeah. it? I, what is it? Um, it's, I mean, it's hard to describe. You just got to watch it. Like, okay. I mean, I know that's kind of a fucking cop out, but it's no, a very, okay. yeah, you should, you should, you should watch it. It's very I mean, interesting. Describe, describe Inception for me, bro. You know, <laughs> you just, it's a thing that's inside a thing that's inside a thing, man. <laughs> that's super easy. I don't understand. Uh, yeah, um, by the way, I also would like, just, just shout out. I actually do enjoy that movie. And I think when it came out, everyone's like, explain it to me. I'm like, I don't think it's like that, like mysterious. Like, I think it's like that. What was that a thing? Did Inception? people not oh, get Inception? Totally. Absolutely, yes, totally. That, oh. Yeah, that was absolutely a thing. And I was people like, need oh, to pay attention. Like pretty... That was not a difficult movie to understand. Well, it has some internal lore, but they lay it out pretty well, you know. Um... Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, <laughs> one one of the things I love about the another part of this page where it talks about first of all, as as you said before, um, Adam is with Law Dispute. Um, so a lot of games have uh, music orientation to them. Yeah. There's games with Death Cab. There's a bunch of, like a lot of. I mean, there's one that's got similar cover art to like Metallica, whether you like Metallica or not. But one of the things I love about this page um, is the music section. Uh, I oh. tell people about. I tell people about health all the time, and this is talking about Volume Four: Saves of Fear by Health. Um, yeah, we just tweaked a little bit on our, uh, on the stream for a second. I got to get a hard line running back here. I got a thousand up and a thousand oh. down. Yeah. Are you on Wi-Fi? Yeah, I gotta be. I haven't got the oh, wire going yet. Sucks. It does, oh, but I still, I'm still getting like 750 up and 500 down. It's just a little unstable, but when I get it plugged in, it's a thousand up, thousand down. Maybe I should open the door. It makes a difference. Anyway, uh, love that health is an inspiration for this. I'm fucking obsessed with health. And uh, Slaves of Fear is an amazing album, um, as well as the rest of the the um, uh, music that's on this page. Anyway, continuous. Um, yeah, so I guess moving forward. Uh, now, like you said, uh, there's a content warning. Um, there is This covers potentially psychological strife, physical violence, manipulation, and coercion. I can talk disassociation horror themes and imagery you are venturing into dreams and nightmares and the thing about nightmares is that sometimes uh they're unpleasant which is why they're nightmares um i if you are playing this game with your friends um i highly suggest that you have a conversation at the table we always talk about this or at least we always mention that safety tools co open conversations tabletop gaming is about communication it's a social experience that you're sharing with your friends um, especially this one, because I believe that there is not a game master. Um, but I'm a forgetful guy, so often I'm wrong. Um, cool. The mission structure um, uh, on randomly generated psychedelic landscapes is, deriv uh, is derivative of my stoner metal uh, science fantasy game, Necronautilus, available at worldchamp.io um, backslash store. Um, yeah, so... We'll move forward to the Earth Cries page. But yeah, obviously, um, this is very much in line with um, like a consistent um, world champ um, mentality on this like very psychedelic prog rock, stoner acid, you know, my, my early 20s. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, like three weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> the Earth Cries. Uh, when I call on the inside, um, my head hurts. My mind 
is a well with no bottom. Someone has fallen in and is stuck at the bottom. A dog incessant, a dog's incessant barking told me so. Hate and love, conversations I'll never have, climb up and uh, climb up the wet stone walls. A plague of information forced upon me by screens of every size drips through cracks. People I have long forgotten and others I'll never forget. They live here together. A constant war between silence and noise, compulsion and restraint, light and darkness, and neither side has a viable plan to win. This is where you come in. The emissaries of a blurring reality fix me, dig as deep as you can, and mine the viscous fluids underneath the surface. Let your dreams be dreams. Purge the forces that would bring our nightmares to life. Uh, yeah, so um, really strong opening right there. Like very poetic, strong opening. Um, to his point. And it kind of really sets the theme. Like, I mean, that really is your, your agents. You're not death agents this time. Um, you're dream warriors. And you are like, it, it almost has like, um, do you ever play Persona? We talked about this. I have not played Persona. When, it has when, like, um, you know, Persona, you go into these like mental realms and mental spaces and you fight these people's like negative feelings and their inner demons and you make them a better person. You help them like get past these things. And it has kind of very similar vibe to that. Um, yeah, um, absolutely. Ooh, that coffee's starting to wear off, man. Why don't you go ahead and read the, read the next uh, little section? Um, you are dream warriors. What is this? I love the art, too. So first of all, one of the things I said on the tweeters was that it reminded me of candy teeth a little bit just because of the blue and the pink um and i should not have said that but it doesn't i mean it does a little bit just because it's got a kind of a similar vapor wavage but i feel like the colors and candy teeth are so much more vibrant um and that makes sense for for the for the game um yeah. but it's it's absolutely different inside like this is much more uh it's 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 not like if you compare the two um so i think it it, it maybe like hints a little bit um, but if you actually look at the spread on this page, it's like the whole person with the hands up. And again, yeah. I don't look in spreads. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, very different. Um, but what is this? Uh, you are Dream Warriors, a powerful sect of sleeper agents guarding an ever-thinning veil between waking life and walking nightmare. Convene with other agents in your waking life while carrying out missions deep in the folds of others' minds, waging war against the nightmares that aspire to invade our physical reality. Your missions take place across two phases, awake and dreaming. While awake, seek out sources of strife within the minds of those around you, learn about your world and your role within it, formulate plans, interact with other dream warriors, and sharpen your focus. In dreaming, traverse the realms of dreams full of our deepest fears and secrets, manipulating and battling the dark forces that operate within to maintain a semblance of sanctity in our cognizant days. Um, it, it like it very much gives me the Inception kind of kind of vibe. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Not some. I mean, <laughs> more like like warrior focused versus, but like the the kind of like lore ish a little bit of being able to go in and and battle things that need to. Um, this is a tabletop role-playing game for one of five players. Each player needs a six-sided dice, just one d6, um, and a way to keep track of their character details. 
Uh, you do not need a game master. Each player inhabits a role of their character, dictating thoughts, dialogues, decisions, and actions. All players share the responsibility of describing the various worlds enveloping your characters and the consequences of their actions. Rolling dice and consulting the included oracles help you make difficult decisions, stay on the intended themes, introduce drama or unexpected elements, and direct the events of your story. Uh, there's a whole page here. Um, again, we've talked about this over and over again. Uh, I think just about every World Champ game um, I've ever seen talks about safety tools. That's one of the things we really love about Adam Vass and, and their projects are there is a, uh, a lot of them are heavy. There's some heavy, yeah, there's some heavy shit. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. um, but uh, they make a very uh, concerted effort to talk about lines, veils. Um, a bunch of them have like the Olivia Hill rule that basically says, fuck you fascist. If you're fascist, don't play a fucking game, um, which, you know, uh, lines, veils, palettes, um, the X card, basically, uh, again, reiterating, uh, the safety involved in this, um, that there could be some, it's fucking heavy. Uh, it's yeah, a heavy game. It is. And you, in, in like, it's only cause this, we, we go over so many games, um, and there's such a range of like emotional feels to the games and like what they are about. And like, we always, we come back to world champ games. We go through these world champ games, um, games, uh, world champ game games. Uh, and they are like, there is a heavier atmosphere to them. And so when you sit down at your table, like you kind of need to have these conversations and like, you know, very often we touch on these games and just like, this is not for playing with your everyday game group potentially. And like this one, I am stoked to play it. My regular everyday game group. I, I couldn't play this with them. Um, you know, I think I could play it with you and I think maybe a couple other people, but like this is a very this one's a very limited scope for me. And with, and that's good. Like it's not a bad thing. It's like these are the people. Not that, at all. Not at all. Because you you kind of want like have like these very genuine like soul bearing moments. So you kind of need to be comfortable around those people and yeah. know where the lines are. You know. Absolutely. That I mean one of the reasons that we haven't really played as many World Champ games like on stream or anything. Um, is is for that exact I don't reason fucking cry on stream <laughs> right i mean it's it's i mean some of the shit gets really heavy um and i do think that um i definitely would genuinely like to be like you just said around um a very specific group of people um in a very specific setting um yeah. and i do think some of those i don't think all of the things that i would i would want with some of these games i would want in in a stream setting but not only that um also, uh, the mechanics of a lot of these games, the way that Adam thinks about games, um, yes. it for, for for people that have only played one kind of style of game, I feel like it. Um, I would ease people into some of the World Champ game stuff yeah. um, that's a little bit heavier um, and really expand them on. Um, uh, God, what's the what? Why 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 am I brain farting so hard right now? On the stuff. Emergent storytelling, emergent storytelling, oh, not cool. like not having a storyteller, like the group and the things that you do and things like that and how the story like emerges from play um, is a really heavy emphasis on a lot of the games um, and people that are only used to having like a GM and kind of being guided through a story. Yeah, and, uh, and it, it, they, it's like a very you can very passively play D&D, &D, you know, right. and not just D&D, &D, a lot of games that are very GM focused and they have this like yeah. very centered around like. Yeah, the guy, he's holding your hand through a story and you just got to like react, you know? It's like, you have to be the driving force in this. But moving forward to the Dream Warriors yeah. page, and it's got this yeah. great uh, little graphic, this, uh, uh, how would you describe that? Find me a word, paint me a word picture. 
paint you a word picture. I need, but the thing is, like, again, I should probably bring this up in spreads. Um, it's like vortex sinking in, black hole, like. like oh, wire you're talking frame. about the graphic up top. Absolutely, yes. black hole. It's it's like. Um, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, wireframe is good, I think, but it, it, it's how I imagine gravity looks like when you're bending space-time downward into the, yeah. the flatness of space. Did you ever see the episode of the, the Simpsons where it's like one of those scary house ones where he goes in like the three-dimensional world? And I wasn't like... allowed to watch Simpsons as a kid. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, I've heard yeah, my friends. All yeah, right, yeah. moving forward. Dream Warriors. It's our first time back on stream, so we're a little rambly. Um, give your character a name pronouns and a look each character has three tra traits three traits uh background your waking life op occupation who you are on the day-to-day -day, right uh speciality your dreaming life forte um and fear uh your frightening soft spot each background speciality begins with a single plus rank um choose from the tables provided or make your own uh, characters can have same backgrounds or fears um, each character should have their own unique speciality. Though. Um, like it would make a lot of sense for you all to be office drones that work together. So it would make a lot of sense for you guys to all have the same occupation. But like you, the dream side focus speciality should be something that is unique to your character. What do you give like to this group? Um, once you know your dream warrior, discuss them with the other players. Talk about missions you've done together in the past and ways you clash or harmonize. Also, shout out this. Um, I like that uh, now. Like, that's a lot of like, smaller creators, and I, and I hope the bigger companies are catching up. And it's like, give your character pronouns. Fuck yeah, dog. Do that shit. Normalize that shit, bro. We are about it. Um, it is nice to see, uh, like, I, I guess mostly it's when we read, like, smaller games because the third-party creators are always like, oh, yeah, I have complete control of this, and I don't care what anyone thinks, like, I'm gonna make this super fucking inclusive, and I'm a hundred percent. I think we're both very here for it. Hardcore. Oh yeah, good confusion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree. There's not really, you know, every time this comes up, we talk, we we say the same thing. So it's just, it's, it's yeah. I mean, it, anyone who is who sees an awesome game and goes, oh man, they talk about safety tools and pronouns, blah. Uh, like Fuck eat a fucking person. dick. Eat a fucking, yeah. like just i mean just choke on it uh it makes no sense like i just it's literally like i'm actively just going to be a shitty person to other people that's my personality like fuck off you know like it, it takes it takes very little effort to be nice yeah you know to, to um, just like i mean also like you know yeah it's just yeah all right moving yeah. forward fuck them so we have on this page the examples of uh, background, speciality, and fear. Um, ooh, background, ooh. backgrounds. I feel like backgrounds are pretty straightforward. One, like you know, you know what jobs are. You live in the real world, uh, but you have coordinator, artist, driver, technician, medic, and grunt. Um, oh God, am I a grunt? Um, Can I? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna roll three d six. Is that cool? What's up? I'm gonna roll three d six. Oh yeah, let's go ahead. God, I'm so far. We so we took. It's a long break. I got, I I got six one four, so I'm a fucking grunt. You're a grunt. Um, bouncer fighter soldier. Uh specialty. Um, I got one, so sensory enrichment. Sensory enrichment. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and, and my fear is number four, thalassophobia, the fear of the sea, which, you know what? I don't have a fear of the sea in you really real life, don't like it, though. but I have a healthy respect and it can keep itself. Perfect. Most shark attacks uh, happen within 100 yards of shore. Just throwing it out there. So sensory, sensory enrichment, and, I, and Adam, you're in here if you want to expand it. Do you think that it's like expanding like what you can see within the dreaming world or how do you read that? Ryan, you can answer this too. You know, you're you're right there. How do you read oh, it? Oh, yeah, I would. I would. That's exactly what I said. Well, when you look at the rest of the of them, like minor shape shifting, motion control, spiritual possession, environmental manipulation, conjuration, summoning. So this is your specialty: sensory enrichment. I would assume that would. I mean, you're enriching your senses. Yeah. So absolutely. I would assume. I. Uh, um. I would read it. I mean, I don't want to say just enhancement. Yeah. Um, but I would just assume things are clearer like easier you're able to find your way you're able to find the things you're looking for in the dream exactly you're, you're because all of your life. yeah the, all of your sensor all of your senses and your sensory intake is is expanded and enriched and that's how i would play it as just being able to hear more see more feel more taste more touch more you know just just keep God, you really had yeah. to go there, huh? <laughs> I did. I did. And I, I did. Think we, we all know that I'm going to, I would, if I got to choose, I'm going to go with conjuration summoning. Because of course you would. I mean, that's just, I, yeah. I, I, am, um, I am the Lord proxy fighter and God damn it. I love, I love having my minions. So I would go with spiritual possession. That also tracks. Um, <laughs> glad, glad we, uh, God, we're sticking to it. Um, I'm glad we're yeah. us. Yep. Yeah. Glad um, we're still yeah. us. Uh, yeah. So moving forward. Um, in, in waking life, um, in waking life, you are indiscernible from anyone else around you, a sect of ghostly strangers on the sidewalk with the secret powers to save existence. You must meet your fellow dream warriors to pursue the near, uh, peruse, uh, the nearby space, seek out the strife within the realms of nightmare Organize your collective will and prepare as best as you can to confront the task ahead. Um, so game is divided into like three sections outside, like awake and, and dreaming, right? So it's convene, investigate, organize. Is it divided up like that? It's something like that. Those are on the page. So we'll go with that. Um, so convene. Um, hey, will you go ahead and roll a D6 for me? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, three. So this is the site um, that you'll be exploring uh, surrounding thoughts and minds of those uh, around you um, in search of nightmare threats because you're trying to fight nightmares to keep the veil between wake and sleep uh, sturdy and stable. So you rolled a what? What was that? Uh, uh, three. I'm at a party, which sounds like a fucking nightmare. So perfect. that actually sounds like a nightmare for you. Uh, you're yeah. the one having the nightmare in this scenario. I right? absolutely would be one hundo. Yep. Um, it is important while awake to stay grounded in reality, beginning with the player who most recently woke up and continuing clockwise. I fucking love, uh, just like little rules like that <laughs> because they're just so like they're perfect for this, but also just like a little weird. Uh. Biggest player who most recently woke up, continuing clockwise. Um, each player takes a turn offering a sensory description of your surroundings, smells, sights, um, sounds, or otherwise. Continue to add sensory details to your waking life interactions 
uh, in the following moments, you all get to take turns. You're all at a party together. You convene to the party. What does it smell like? What does it look like? What is happening at this party? Um, I, I love that. Um, and I love this group role, like group storytelling aspect, and it allows you all to really have this like saying what's going on. Um, do you want to read investigate? Absolutely. Each investigate, each player should then in turn highlight a person of interest. They can choose this person for any reason, be they suspicious, animated, despondent, or anything else that interests you. Choose from those provided or make your own. Agents can interact with these POI by asking another player to voice their thoughts and speech. Each is distressed by nightmares in unique ways, whether they allow it to affect their day-to-day -day interactions or not. Use these moments to delicately explore the troubles each person might be experiencing and getting a vague understanding of the corresponding mission ahead. You do not need to learn everything during the stage. Most of your exploration will take place in the dreaming phase. Use the pre-made adventure at the end of the zine to skip this phase altogether if you wish. Which we won't read. If you want to read the pre-made adventure, you can buy the fucking zine. <laughs> we don't um, read adventures because you can <laughs> buy the fucking zine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, you know, I really, I really like this. But once again, like it really goes back to like, I could play this with a very specific group of people um, because I, you need people who are like, I am fresh and ready to tell a story. You know, like at yeah. any point in time, if I, if I had to DM or GM or whatever, I am ready to improvise 70% of a story. Um, and this really like allows you to kind of flex that muscle as you can sit around with your friends um, and like, you can all group improvise a story and like that shit sounds so fucking tight. I love stuff like that. I also think this is a game that very much like if you like, not necessarily this is the same thing, but if you like the solo journal journaling games where you have to self-drive the story um, or the narrative, like this is very much in the vein of that, but it just brings in your friends, you know, um, which, you know, you could still do this by yourself. You know, you could be a dream warrior in your solo adventure, and there, there's nothing wrong with that. And I still think that shit's tight, too, um, because I love Persona. Uh, yeah, uh, so not that this is, not, this is not exactly the same, but it is. <laughs> um, organize. Uh, once there are a number of persons of interest equal to or greater than the number of players, the group decides which to pursue. Um, consider the intensity of the nightmares, the perspective of the person of interest offers to their dreams, excuse me, <clears throat> that may complicate your mission. So basically, what does this person, what are their nightmares, and how does their perspective, like, complicate these nightmares? Like, how can you fold in their, like, perspective in the real world to into their, like, nightmare adventure? Um, super cool. Um, <clears throat> and how your backgrounds, and also figure out how your backgrounds, uh, specialities, and fears may help or hinder you. Like, is this person, is their nightmare of them on a boat in the ocean and like combating against a sinking boat? Is your fear of the ocean? How is that going to make it more complicated to like help them? Or, you know, how is that, how will that hinder you? Um, that sounds yeah. like a nightmare. That sounds, it sounds fucking, but it's great. Like it's super great. It's, a, I mean, narratively, you can make something that's very strong and you can like seek to, one thing I like about games like this is there's so much empty space. Not that it's lacking anything, but it just allows you to fill a lot of these gaps. And so you can have that moment at the table where each person kind of like lays out a detail that not to 
mess with somebody else, but that like directly ties into somebody else's strengths or weaknesses. And you can really play off each other like that. And I think like, once again, with a good group of like creative people who are there for the story, like you could have a really cool adventure. Um, each player votes for their choice or for their chosen uh, person of interest, uh, rolling dice to break any ties. The target is chosen. Your mission will begin shortly. Uh, proceed to the dreaming phase. Uh, this game presumes you are human beings uh, in the present day or near future, but you can set your story in any era um, as any being living or dead on any planet imaginable. That's right. You could do this in the fucking realm of death, um, which if you'd like to learn more of, <laughs> check out Necronolis. Um, but yeah, so those are the phases of being awake. We're now moving on. Um, so we have some example persons um, of interest. Um, let's do let's do Jordan Harper. Jordan Harper, a third one. Um, Jordan Harper uh, tries in vain to get her kid to eat a snack of vegetables. Various blotches of past snack stains her otherwise fashionable fit. In her dreams, the house feels familiar, but foreign at the same time. A vintage clock ticks loudly on the wall. Hallways lengthen and twist between her and her child with shadow nightmares behind each illusionary door. And that is a great example of how to take an issue that is totally mundane um, and having it become like a horror nightmare adventure. The space between her and her child as she tries to get her child to like be healthy and and like do what she needs her child to do creates this like scary gap, this nightmarish gap where ghouls and goblins are hiding behind doorways in her nightmare hallway. Um, and then you as dream warriors get to deal with that. Um, super cool. Very cool. I, I think that like there's this is very rife with I think. For me personally, I have to play this a couple times to get really warmed up and into the because you want things to be epic, like especially coming from other tabletop. You want things to be epic and large, but really at the end of the day, like the stuff that we all deal with that gives us all anxiety or gives us or not gives us depression, but causes like a, a add to our depression, like makes our life harder. They're not dragons, you know. They are like what people would consider mundane issues. Um, and those in and of themselves are terrifying. Um, and they are heavy because they're real and you have to deal with them. Um, you know what this would be, I'm sorry, you know what would be super cool? One of the things you just said kind of made me think about it. I wonder if someone's ever made like a warm-up game for games like this. Oh, okay. Like a kind of like a round this game, the warm up to playing this game, though. Yeah, but, you know? the, but you're playing the game, like, and then playing the game again versus, like, I mean, or this style of game, this, like, very, like, story focused group thing to kind of get people into, like, a vibe. I'd be really curious. I mean, I'll bet you, like, anyone that's probably done, like, improv and stuff like that, there's yes. probably some, like, activities that people can do to, like, really get people. And I'd be curious if they're, like, oh, to almost make, like, a mini game. You know what I mean? Like a, like yeah. a, like not like a but you know when a game tutorial is kind of like still the game a little bit but it's not the yeah. game yet i think that would be dope for these kind of like emerging really story heavy games to have some type of like mini mini game intro that would be really cool i mean for me i could see this being like hey everyone like if you have free time write a couple paragraphs and just make up a person doesn't not your character a totally different person like 
there's nothing super duper special about them. They are dealing with life as a human being. How does them, what about their life that they're dealing with, like gives them nightmares, like essentially just making the, the person of interest in your free time, I think is a great warm up for like playing this game because you go in equipped with like, yeah, they're fucking, he's a 42 year old businessman who's afraid of the dark, you know? And his nightmare realm is that he's standing in the middle of the road and all of the lights slowly die, you know, like that's fucking terrifying. Um, but yeah, fucking shout out this, um, now moving on to sharpen, um, after a successful mission, dream warriors are able to hone their focus and further develop, um, their special skills that enable them to confront, uh, the malignant forces within our darkest dreams. Uh, to sharpen the agent skill, a player rolls a D6 or one D6. Um, on a result of five or six, um, either create a new speciality based on the actions of the prior mission or add uh, another plus to an existing, um, I'm going to say speciality, but specialty, um, but still. Um, a warrior can ha uh, have at most two specialties, um, overriding or old ones as new ones are generated each having at most two pluses. And I believe the pluses are like an additional, um, is additional die? I'm sorry, I'm messaging back to Adam Vass. So, um, who? What part are we at? Oh, Four. Adam Vass, he's just this I, guy that makes these yeah. awesome games, you uh, know? Like, there's this one um, called Lucid. I don't know if you've read it yet. So I haven't read the, the Push SRD, so I don't exactly I know how to play. either. Yeah, um, yeah. So I assume the pluses are like it, it's like another die to roll um, in pursuit of using a skill, um, which is what I would guess it is. But also we should read the push SRD. Um, we should. Uh, disaster tourism also suggested pilot. <laughs> so ah, do that. okay. Well, hell yeah, um, yeah. And on a result of one to four, uh, the agent gains a new fear uh, based on the prior mission. An agent can have at most four fears, overriding old ones as new ones are generated. Dream Warriors can only sharpen their skills after successful missions, meaning you will not need these rules uh, the first time you play. Um, and I love that. I love that there is a, like, um, narrative failure. Um, you gain a new fear, right? Uh, it's going to affect you in your next mission. Um, I really enjoy that aspect of, like, these more, once again, narrative, narratively-driven uh, games. Uh, moving on to real quick, uh, Adam just said uh, you'll get there shortly, but a plus is a reroll on a miss. I gotcha. think I made that up because push doesn't have stats. Okay, cool. Plus is a reroll on a miss. Um, love it. Um, it's very the 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 dice mechanics are very sparse in a way that kind of reminds me of another game that I fucking love called uh, Acid Mages of the Infinite Tower, um, which is if you have a specialty in that and you roll to use a spell, and you don't like the roll, you can also re-roll that one. Um, so shout out, um, because that is a great and simple uh, mechanic to follow. Uh, do you want to take over on the Nightmares Want to Invade? Sure. Uh, nightmares Want to Invade Waking Life, so you must protect surrounding dreamers, otherwise the veil grows thinner. Jump into the slumber of your target, surrounded by imagined miseries and agonizing fancies. In each target's mind, Nightmares aspire to torment any it interacts with in an attempt to bring their unique brands of dismay and dread to our waking realm. As long as you are in the dream realm, your warrior is not safe. 
Uh, there's Explore, Brief, and Conflict. Um, explore is entering the subconsciousness is a dangerous act even for the most experienced dream warrior. As you did in Waking Life, each agent takes a turn describing the sensory experiences of the entered realm. Use what you learn about the person of interest, the oracles on your subsequent pages, and your creativity to saturate the dream realm with surreality and psychedelics. Uh, there are no rules here, no physics to calculate, and no realities to concern yourself with. A dream can be mundane, like a high school memory, or extraordinary, like a traversal through hellfire to touch the face of God. Fuck yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Continue to add sensory details. Um, sensory details to your dreaming life interactions in the following scenes. Um, with a brief, your mission in every mind is to prevent nightmares from overwhelming the consciousness of your target. This can be done with containment, destruction, manipulation, or any other means you can muster. Each player contributes one goal during closer to overcoming the nightmare threat. Possible goals include... Uh, combat a nightmare goliath map the tunnels of the unconscious hell rescue a captive ally and so on more goals are available on the oracles page you can consult the oracles on the following pages for prompts to start or invigorate your scenes take turns describing the shifting setting introducing elements of your target's fears in the form of nightmares that you can confront introducing obstacles to overcome these can be creatures to combat environments to traverse beings to converse with and or and other forces and unnatural uh, natural and unnatural that provide a compelling and perilous landscape for our dream warriors uh wow reading uh invite collaboration <laughs> ask other players often what their characters do i'm like i'm a pretty good reader and there's just a big gap in the justification i'm like no that's not the end of a sentence um so conflict when your character attempts something dangerous or dramatically interesting roll 1d6 each player should attempt an interesting action at least once per conflict seven plus is a miss five to six is a strong hit and one to four is a weak hit you can choose to roll plus 1d6 each, but must add it to your result. Channel a relevant background or specialty to re-roll a miss once per plus per mission. There we go. That's where that, that he said we'd get there. Um, and the things are strong hit means you get the result you wanted from your action. You strike your enemy, cross a difficult uh, barrier, and you find something you were looking for. Describe how you succeed. Weak hit means there's a cost or a complication. It's, I love the just D6 mechanics, one or two Absolutely. or whatever. Success, Describe. partial success, failure. We would love like, it. I love it. I love partial successes. They create a very interesting like narrative environment. Like you get to like there's the the it's not just failure, you know? It's, exactly. I it's yeah. so great. The only thing I don't like, like uh I, I love the D6 thing. I'm not a huge fan of Powered by the Apocalypse because I don't like tags and moves. Oh, but you're the, just being nerd. the um <laughs> but like you said the consequence the option for a narrative all the time since you average kind of like the consequence thing is so great um and then miss means you do not get what you want uh things get worse your fear manifests in your target's mind describe how uh and the ways it complicates your mission um and then there is a uh, question awaken and die do you want me to keep rolling or you want to hop in um yeah we have question awaken die um question players can at any time ask questions regarding the the setting the mission threats or anything else about which they are curious and there is not an established answer ask in the form of a yes no roll d6 um seven plus um a disaster uh five six uh fortunate answer uh one to four uh un unfortunate answer uh unfortunately 
Um, yeah, you can uh, you can choose to roll plus one d six, but must add it to your result. Um, so you can roll, um, but yeah. So if you roll, so is that? Um, and this here's another question for Adam. Um, and I don't remember if it said this right. So I can roll, and then be like, okay, I rolled a four. I'm gonna roll another d six, and then like. If you just, if you, yeah, you, yeah, you did. You rolled a six, like it's a 10. You're just fucked. So it's a disaster. So you're fucked. Yeah. I love so it. you can just decide after the initial roll. You don't have to decide before the roll. That's how I would play it. I love that. Cause we know that 2d6 is the bell curve that gets you six to eight. I know PBTA yeah. games, all I do is seven to nine. Cause they assume there's a plus one, but the average is a six to eight. So right. if you get a four, uh, the average, the, the possibility of five to six, it, it's decent. It's decent. Yeah. But fuck <laughs> seven plus and you're fucked. Yeah. It's like, whoo boy i mean it feels it's almost like blackjack like do you hit on 17 you know what i mean so so fortunate um fortunate unfortunate disaster they're very self-explanatory right oh uh actually uh adam says uh this d6 (laughs) is the core of push basically most of the time you're gonna get weak hits and minor failures um you can gamble um push uh, to roll another d6 for a strong hit, but math, uh, yeah, is in favor of disasters. Um, it feels like having a 15 in box check. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. You're you know, 15, you're like, fuck, wait, do I hit? And now it <laughs> being stay? called push, and now it being called push makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, totally. Since the entire premise of the entire thing is do you push? We really should have read the push SRD. We should have um, read the push SRD. Listen, I've been working a lot and I'm in school. Dude, you're don't moving, even, you got a new job. Honestly, I don't even have a there's nothing even on the I got a can. I got a can. There's a can. Um, yeah. Um yeah. So back to it. Fortunate, unfortunate, disaster. Fortunate is a positive thing. Something good happened, you know. Um, is the one of the examples is the acid beast dead? Yeah, it's dead. Uh, unfortunate um the opposite no it's uh it's not quite dead um and disaster is the acid beast is actively uh chasing you down and going to swallow you um but yeah so like very self-explanatory um there's a really great uh i can't remember what the notes are but it was like a 10 rules for writing and like rpgs and one of the things is like call a thing a thing if there's a word use the word and you know fortunate unfortunate disaster you need to read the explanations to know what disaster is you know something real bad uh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah awaken <clears throat> win uh win because you will succeed uh your group accomplishes at least one um established goal from the mission brief or once you collectively miss six times uh, uh your target awakes all dream warriors are purged from their mind and sent back to the awake phase in the event that you accomplish at least one goal your mission was success your characters can sharpen skills in the awake phase um on your next mission the number of necessary goals to earn uh success increases by one um so one success then two successes i mean that's pretty cool um if your group amasses six misses together uh your mission falls short and your target becomes tormented by the nightmares now another manifestation of pain and anguish in our waking lives uh the nightmares make another major step forward in their ongoing attempt to invade our conscious realm uh, your next mission will be more difficult. <coughs> Brutal. Wait, did I have a cough on our last episode we recorded? I feel like you have a cough every time. I still have <laughs> we, the same cough, if so. Bro, um, you get listen, better. I, Drink some water. Also be sick. Um, you know? 
Uh, beer? Beer works. Smells like water. Uh, die. Uh, dream warriors can only die after player decides this. So dying can make for an interesting and emotional moment in the story in your story, but can also limit uh, your options moving forward. If you think the moment is right, you can simply state that your character dies in the scene. Continue playing if you feel like it. Uh, introducing a new dream warrior or focusing on adding sensory details and conflicts to the dream realm. Uh, the other players continue to explore. Um, love we love. A game like like I as much as we love brutal super mechanic games where it's just like your character dies and you get a new one, you don't have any choice about it. Yeah. I love and the the more narrative games where it's like if you're gonna die, it's a part of the story. It, yeah. Drive it narratively, you know. Uh, Orb of the Blues, we we always reference that death rule. Go out a blaze of fucking glory, and that's how I would see this. Like, yeah, go out in your blaze of glory, or your yeah. your emotionally yeah. evocative, your sad moment, you know. Well, we we talked about how um, that's exactly what I was going to say. If, if you didn't bring it up first, was we love the the swan song in Orb of the Blues. Swan um, song, that's what give it, it is. That shit's give tight it a, as fuck, dude. Give it so it's mm, so tight. <laughs> uh, give it, give it. <laughs> some emotional impact and we talked about this game specifically just like and and a lot of a lot of adam's games is uh playing with the right people that will actually invest emotionally into the game that you're playing not just be playing a game but like really really invest deeply um and if you if you can and do and that moment does come up where you're like you know what would be sick right now is like my character fucking dying the emotional impact that that would feel for people that are really feeling the game while they're playing massive like massive it, it could be you know, with the right group of people. And I love, yeah. I love that. Like, there's not just like you, you, there's no like die state you choose to die. And that's so fucking cool. Um, cool. And actually, you know, like more or less, this is almost the end. Um, basically. So there's like, the, there's the two Oracle pages and that's, yeah, the and, and we're not reading the adventure. Yeah. yeah. Some, uh, some roll table Oracles. Um, and then after that, we have goals, successes, complications, disasters, uh, nightmare and setting. Um, all tables help you get up, and then after that is the uh, the spiked nightmare Lord of the Sea, which is cool. Again, and that sounds we sick. don't we don't read we adventures don't. on the podcast because if we already go over the rules with you, if you want to get the adventure too, support the creator, buy the goddamn zine. Um, yeah. A couple of quick a couple of quick things in the Oracle. Some of the moments, um, uh, a hole in the sky. Literally, that's it. A crystalline dream in the palm of your hand. A copy of a copy of a copy. I fucking love that one. Like, <laughs> goals that you can have. Bring light to the darkened hole. Copy of uh, a copy of a copy. Is that, like, yeah. the same... Um, fuck. The Laughing Man. Ghost in the Shell. Um, what's it called? The Standalone Complex. That's the, that's the whole, like, uh, it's a copy of a Literally copy the of a copy. Thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout yeah. out. We mentioned Ghost in the Shell twice in one show. Um, on uh, talking about two different games, um, two different that's games. The, that's a fucking accomplishment. There you um, go. Yeah. So this is a fantastic zine, um, and it's it's so it's fucking crazy because it's so lightweight and it's so it's so potentially emotionally this impactful at the same time. You know what but I mean? Like, but that's Adam like, Bass. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and world champ Adam Bass is a great example that you don't need to um, overstuff your game to make your game heavy and as i am sitting here looking at my rough draft for lost adepts which is up on a separate page i'm realizing that i don't need to add a bunch of stuff to my own homebrew game to make it heavy um no. No. but yeah it's uh, just that, it's it's i feel like i feel like one of the things i love about world champ and, and adam bass's games versus a lot of other games is 
I feel like maybe when you're really, really early in your TTRPG career, having a lot of rules is helpful because you don't quite right. You don't have a you don't have a scope, right? Yeah. But I feel like with with Adam's games, it's like I don't need my handheld anymore. You know what I yeah. mean? And that's what this is. This is like growing. This is like grown up TTRPGs. Like this is when you feel like exploring yourself and and the people around you and your thoughts and emotions and really getting deep into a game versus. Like, yeah, having your hand held by the rules. And, and that's why and I, I say it's really close to, like, you know, Disaster Tourism has the dark coming out, and um, who did Thousand-Year-Old Vampire? Um, oh, we haven't done Thousand-Year-Old Vampire, but we both have it. I, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, uh, who did this game? Um, point being, like, those games, these narrative games, like, you don't, like, you don't need the Game Master. You don't need something like, like you can, you can make, you can self-generate the story, you know, if you're ready, with, if you're ready to take right a group of people. And, like, yeah. listen, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, man, I fucking love um, OSE and I really, and I, I like to be guided through, there's nothing at all so wrong do I. with that. It's totally fine. Yeah. So do we I. All, we love that yeah. shit as well. But if you're it's just different flavors. Different, you're yeah. allowed to like vanilla and strawberry, all right? Yeah, absolutely. If you're looking for something else, just not made chocolate it, chip, you fucking yeah. nightmare. And you want to really flex like a, a creative aspect that that's maybe I don't want I don't want to like say like OSC doesn't go de- deep or like other tabletop games don't go deep because they can. definitely can. They can. They, they can. But you want something inherently is going to force you to like have perspective on like heavier, headier themes. Like this is fantastic um again again so many games like like this from adam that that is what they delve into is emotion games like i think even on on the world champ page it talks about emotion games and i know he's talked about them before it's about it's about something beyond the mechanics and it's almost like i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the games started as well we know some started music if they started as like this is an emotion i want to explore how can i what mechanics can i use versus let's mechanically do a game and like just throw a setting on it or something. I really think it feels more like this is, this is the emotion or this is the thought or this is the feeling I want to explore. Let me um, create mechanics that, that, that push that. And one of the things we talked about even with, with Josh was um, uh, that uh, um, I saw, I saw him pop up a chat and it completely went out of my brain. Um, but he said, uh, I'll have to let y'all know when I have another emo game zine later this summer that's going to accompany the Lod Dispute Tour. How uh, about hey, also... Hey, I'll see you in October, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will not. Buy tickets. But um, you could uh, also, maybe once the tour is over, uh, you could also, maybe when one of these zines comes out, you could always come on the show uh, and we could we could talk to you. Uh, we could talk about Cyber Metal. We could talk about all sorts of things because that would be uh, kind of a, a tabletop dream come true for I think yeah, both of us really would be to have cool, <laughs> Adam Bass on the show. Uh, Something right, I've um, I've honestly been wanting to ask on Twitter forever, but I've not had the balls to do. But since you're here, hey, you want to come on our show sometime? Uh, yeah, we will. We'll message you. <laughs> tentatively called to scratch. Tentatively called to scratch. Scratched out for out everything. For everything. Uh, for sure, would love to chat. We would also love to talk to you uh, because you know yeah. we're fucking huge nerds on so many levels. But um, are we rating this game? It's kind of zine, so it's not really like we don't really rate. We're not. Zines. Yeah, we're not really rating the zine. I think with our zine episodes, what we decided, and maybe we'll tweak it as we go. It's more like what it's like one doing. or two things that we really like, um, and maybe something if there is something that we could touch on that could be like a little bit different. Um, I honestly, as far as like the the something I would do a little different thing, 
I can't really. I mean, it's a very lightweight. It's so lightweight. It's so you know lightweight. I mean? It's hard to. It's hard to be like, oh, I'd like to see this because, like, I I don't. For something like this, like, what I would like to see are things that I will add to my own table. You know. Yeah. Well, like, and that's. Which is, I mean, and I think the whole pages of oracles really, really helps with a lot yes. of that. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know that I would add any rules to this because. It, it like i think it would take away from like what is the goal like what the goal yeah. is or what i assume the goal is of um like a, a zine game like this um i uh, uh, listen Adam, we would criticize the absolute fuck out of anyone who right came to your face room. unquestionably uh, trust me yeah. we have listen, we, we will we, we did. really like you we'll do it we again. really like your work um, but we would lay the fuck in on you if we really had to but like i i think that you know it, it's hard to criticize super narrative projects like this because like what else what else is there to add like a health bar like you know yeah and um, even like hyperlinks and stuff the, i mean it's not that kind of zine it's not really it's like six pages you know what i mean yeah. the only thing that i would say before you get to it is like man in a game like this you know what would be dope is an example of play and then boom you get an adventure in the back like uh, yeah so you know i mean, I mean? adventure in the back to set you up like i don't it, it gives um, context you know yeah i mean i really want to be a critic because it's what we do on the show because being a critic is easy and takes no courage uh but yeah. like I, I think this is good for what it is i think if you're going and you're looking for like a very very like adventure game uh this is not for you um so but if you're looking for like a narrative like adventure with experience? your friends a, nar a narrative yeah. emotional experience i, I explained this to some guy working in the kitchen today because i was talking about like you know like non-regular tabletop games but um yeah an emotionally evocative narrative like narrative driven experience with your friends um yeah this is a great game for that um and, I, and a lot of and again that's what these are emotion games that's what that's what that's what adam does and that's one of the reasons we love the fuck at a world champ yeah. i mean adam just says, i'd bangers. also say uh even though this game was uh derivative of possessor it's also like an examination of empathy the idea that all humans around you at any moment are experiencing strife and you have some small ability to help them. Uh, Lucid just makes uh, the help literal and trippy. Uh, fuck you because you seem like a really cool guy and you seem like such a good person. Um, and I, I think it's great. Um, and I think it exercises in empathy um, are, in, first off, incredibly human. It's the most human emotion. Um, and I think they have a lot of value because um, you need to realize that everyone else is as afraid or as dealing with uh, like their own uh, darkness that you've experienced or you have not experienced at one point in time. Um, oh yeah. Empathy uh, shout out. That's uh, fantastic. Um, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for stepping in. Uh, very yeah. cool. I can't, I mean, so as we've talked before, I mean, at least for me specifically, you know, Adam Vass is one of my, I mean, and obviously for you too, our favorite creators, period, just, across the board in every TTRPG, um, uh, in, in our TTRPG life. Um, it's, uh, I'm glad we picked this one and I'm so glad that Adam's actually in our chat right now. And one of the coolest things <laughs> with this podcast in general that we've been able to do is meet a lot of amazing people and actually being able to have the creators in the podcast is like peak, like, yeah. Like this is for us. I mean, it's it's amazing for like the listeners, and we hope people get something from it. But at the end of the day, like for us and for me, yeah, like, we do this, this is something. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call my wife after this and be like, guess fucking what? Like Adam S is actually in our podcast tonight. Um, and uh, you know, um, 
and and it's awesome also for rules clarification sometimes to be able to yeah. be like hey what was the intent um so to be able to hear and listen um and to really get that and to uh tentatively get like a thumbs up on maybe coming on the show sometime um is, is fantastic yeah having said that um i have to go take two quizzes tonight because i live in an internal eternal nightmare uh and i need dream warriors but um ryan great to see you man yeah you great, as well. great to be uh, back on the show um it's Adam, great everybody thank you so in. much for uh hopping in um if you are interested uh in any um adam bass projects there is, you can visit uh their page worldchamp.io uh, and what's the itch real, um, real quick I, uh one thing i want to say too uh, i think it's basically the same thing um yeah. uh, there is a fundraising going on on the world champ page uh it's like 25 bucks for a fat bundle of games there's a bunch of them in there that are absolutely amazing um ether operations um after the party uh but necronalysis is in there babes in the wood is in there those two by themselves are easily oh, yeah. worth more than 25 dollars, and you get a babes ton wood, of other games edition? it's the newest one yeah. yeah um the pdf yeah so uh check that out on the page um you know 25 dollars for that bundle of pdfs is an amazing fucking deal so go to the world champ game page on on itch uh, it's a uh, world champ game uh game co, co. Dot io. there we go um so. beyond that just uh do us a favor go like and subscribe to our shit on youtube um and then have a wonderful fucking day farewell everyone it was it's great to be back it is and thank you adam and i will talk to you later hunter farewell bye, bye.